Hi, this is The Game, 7.30 a.m. Streaming the best and non-stop sports talk now for all of Lansing and the free Game 7.30 a.m. app. Tap, tap, tap in today. Well, welcome to the Sparrow Stout on Sports on Lansing Sports Station. The Game, 7.30 a.m. Starring the Dean of Mid-Michigan Sports, Tim Stout. The Sparrow Stout on Sports is Michigan's longest-running sports radio show. From high school to college and the pros, Tim has you covered. Give him a call on the Culligan Water Hotline at 517-300-4263. Or send him an email at tim.stout at wilx.com. Now, celebrating his 30th anniversary on the radio in mid-Michigan. And a member of the Michigan Association of Broadcasters Hall of Fame. Here's the Dean himself, Tim Stout. On behalf of our partner, Shaheen Chevy Cadillac, good morning, everybody. Today is Thursday, February 22nd. One more week in February before we hit March Madness, right? February 22nd, 2024. And welcome to the Sparrow Stout on Sports here on Lansing Sports Station. You know what you're doing. You're listening to the Game 7:30 a.m. This is the home of the local sports shows and programming of note in our area. Coming to you live every day from the Driven Collision Studios here at WVFN Radio. Driven Collision at 3200 West Main Street in Lansing. That's I-496 West Lansing Road. Exit up the hill on the right. You're there. Yeah, that banged-up vehicle is going to look a whole lot better when it gets out. Joe Laird, staff, busy as we speak. You can get your appointment to have your vehicle looking brand new at 977-0955. They work with all of the insurance companies. They'll get you a loaner if you need it while yours is being fixed and a whole lot more from Driven Collision. Brock's here. I'm Tim. It's a mild day today. I guess it's going to be dry through most of the day today. What up near 50 again today. So it's a decent day, I guess, by February standards in our area. We'll have Pure Green Smith 3. Breaking sports moments. When we get them every day, we just pass them straight on to you. They vary in how much intensity and significance they are. But like we say, when we get them, you get them. And uh, Pure Green Smith 3. Uh, has prepay plans for 2024 landscaping you should inspect when you Google Pure Green Smith 3 or call 703-1111. Quality Dairy has all our statistics. Quality Dairy's numbers are 89 years in our area, all right? And they're nearby, more than likely where you live or where you work. Something comes up you need in a hurry. Quality Dairy to the rescue. You can join us at any time. Thursday's always a busy day, uh, usually. Culligan Water Hotline is 300-4263. And our email address is tim.stout at wilx.com. Take your calls and comments, keep you up to speed, get our timely guests along the way, and away we go here on the Sparrow Stout on Sports. It's been a while since we broadcast the Pistons and the Red Wings and Son of a Gun. They're both on our air tonight on our 2 a.m. stations. Give me the details. Yep, uh, 1240 WJIM, 645 tonight. Red Wings hosting the Colorado Avalanche. Ken Cal will be back uh, behind the mic. Bob Kayser took over for him on the West Coast road trip, so it'll be Ken and Paul, 645-1240. Here on WVFN at 635, Pistons at the Indiana Pacers. Mark champion Rick Mahorn on the call. So there you go. Uh, Pistons have not played since last week. They have one-third of their schedule to play, 54 down and uh, 28 to go. They're 8-46. and 46. Those are their quality dairy numbers. Uh, and uh, at Indiana tonight, that doesn't sound good. That no. Just, that just nope. doesn't sound nope. good. Colorado nope. and Detroit, that's a tougher call. 
Because Colorado's good. Colorado's pretty good. The Red Wings are back home after a long Western trip, and they've had a few days to rest up. So there, that's our situation. We do not have any coaches' shows, to my knowledge. Nope. Those were all done earlier in the week. We're getting to the end of the season for those, too. Just a handful of coaches' shows left for Robin Fralick, Adam Nightingale, and Tom Izzo. Michigan basketball tonight. Michigan men's basketball tonight. The Wolverines are on Fox Sports 1. They're playing at 8 o'clock tonight at Northwestern. The quality dairy numbers, Michigan has beat Northwestern seven straight times, three straight times in Welsh Ryan Arena. Call me crazy. Well, likely that, come to an end tonight. That streak could be in jeopardy. Yep. Michigan may have as few as six scholarship players in uniform, and I will have to count them up when they get there and see how that plays out. That's on Fox Sports 1 uh, tonight at 8 o'clock. Caitlin's playing tonight. Uh, Caitlin's in Indiana. I told Brock this morning. I <laughs> not, not, to, not Iowa. It's not Iowa. It's, Nobody it's, cares. To you, to it's, you it's Caitlin. Caitlin. Uh, to the rest of the world around here, it's Caitlin. I told Brock this morning, I'd like to hear Barkley do a game, uh, one of Caitlin's games on TV. That's one time I'd turn the sound up. If, uh, if, if uh, Barkley was doing a game, Caitlin, um, at Indiana. Indiana's women are coming off a rather bizarre 20-point loss at Illinois. They'll be filled tonight in the Assembly Hall in yes, Bloomington. Yes, they will. Last night, they were filled in the Assembly Hall in Bloomington, and man, were they booing. Yes. Nebraska blowing out the Hoosiers last night on the road. And by the way, Nebraska was 8-7 and seven in the Big Ten going in. 8-0 oh at home, 0-7 oh on the road. What do I tell you about home and away? Well, they finally got a road win last night. Indiana's lost at home now by double digits to both Penn State and Nebraska. And but, Purdue, I think. You know, I... If I was voting today, I'd make Hoiberg the Big Ten Coach of the Year. I know the Northwestern and yep, Minnesota fair. guys have, you know, can make a case. Yep, I get that. But from where Nebraska has been, because that's 19 wins for them now. That, so you know they're going to get 20. And, and they'll be they in get, the NCAA and if they get tournament. over 20, and if they get 20 or over, they'll be in the NCAA. Now the question yeah. is, is can Nebraska take whatever it is, let alone Minnesota and Northwestern, whatever momentum from this season when it all comes to an end and build on that, get some players and sustain some quality play and toward that end, on the other end, what's going to happen to Michigan? Because I don't think Michigan's going to win another game. I felt that way for three weeks. You said that a couple of weeks ago. I looked at Michigan's schedule, and it's not good. I mean, it's just not good moving down the road. I looked at Purdue's schedule. Purdue tonight is home to play Rutgers, and it's a tough one for Rutgers coming. Purdue coming off its loss at Ohio State. Yeah. You know Purdue will be a little bit more tuned in tonight. Correct. And like Brock, so last night there's 35 seconds. You know, I'm I got the I've got the clicker. You know, I've got the remote. Boom, 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 boom. And I say, first of all, is Penn State playing in the old arena where I broadcast four or five games years ago? Rec Hall, the uh, renovated Rec Hall. Yeah. So they're back in Rec Hall last night, which seats about six thousand, and it was stuffed. Every it was a whiteout. They're playing Illinois, and Illinois got this one comfortably. Won seven points up, 35 seconds to go. Timeout. Uh, so I said, I'm done here. And then I see later that final once again in regulation, Penn State 90, Illinois 89. Hang on. Uh, let me give you the play-by-play. -play, Penn I State can find that. 90, Illinois 89, and Illinois had a seven-point lead with 35 seconds to go. I guess when you're on the road until the final buzzer sounds, <clears throat> you know, who knows? What did you say it was? 87? I don't know. It, well, well, it was a seven-point deficit with 35 seconds to go. 89-82 with 37 seconds with uh, after Terrence Shannon missed a jumper with 40 seconds to go. Jameel Brown comes down, gets after getting the rebound, hits a three-pointer. Timeout, 35 seconds to go. So that made it 89-85. Terrence Shannon turned the ball over. Jameel Brown steal. Puff Johnson layup good. 
29 seconds to go. 89-87. Illinois calls timeout because apparently they can't get the ball in bounds. Puff Johnson fouls. It's a one and one. So he, he misses. Coleman Hawkins misses. Or wait, wait. No, I'm, that's incorrect. It was two free throws. My bad. Um, Coleman Hawkins misses two free throws. Zach Hicks gets the rebound. Uh, he brings the brings the ball down. Shoots up a three-pointer with three seconds to go. Misses it. But Coleman Hawkins fouls him with three seconds to go. And, well, you saw it. You saw it. Zach Hicks made all three free throws. Illinois comes down without any timeouts. They can't get the last shot to go, and boom, that's it. And Penn State wins. So 90 to 89. 90 to 89. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a tough flight home. Yes. That's a tough flight home. Yes, it is. All the way around. Uh, I guess we should mention what Michigan State's women have got 19 wins now. They, You knew they'd bury Purdue. Purdue men's basketball is a whole lot different than Purdue women's basketball. Yeah, State had a double-digit lead, then Purdue made it close, and it got down to the final minutes, but Michigan State made the free throws and made the plays they had to make. They got ni- that 19, yeah, 19 wins for them 19 now. and 7. Yep. Who plays longer through the end of this season next month, Michigan State's men or women? Good question. I can't answer that right now. That's a good question. All right, we throw that out there uh, for whatever that one's worth. Uh, when we get to going to it this morning, uh, sports broadcast developments. Uh, I brought in with uh, Brock this morning. I said there have been a few things that have developed in sports personalities on the broadcast end that I'm trying to have a hard time figuring out. Uh, Alabama has essentially fired its 35-year veteran football play-by-play announcer, Eli Gold, who's extremely well-known. Uh, and his play-by-play radio call has been, you know, replayed by the television networks at the great deal of times when Alabama's on TV. Right. And, I mean, his signature call, touchdown, Alabama. But <laughs> after 35 years, and he was off for part of the 2022 season dealing with cancer, which he's now, you know, corrected. He was back for this last fall. So I said to Brock, I'm trying to figure out what went on behind the scenes where Alabama decided that they're going to take their legendary football broadcast radio play-by-play guy, Eli Gold, and kind of, you know, send him to the sidelines. And they've promoted their men's basketball play-by-play guy, Chris, whatever his name is, uh, Myers, whatever it is. He's the new football play-by-play guy at Alabama. And boy, would I like to know what happened behind the scenes on that. Right. And, you know, when I, and these jobs change at these schools quite a bit. Uh, through the years. I mean, in the Big Ten, you've looked on I the mean, Michigan's changed football announcers, although that was because they wanted to retire, yep. right? Uh, they've changed basketball announcers. Because Matt Shepard went to go do the Tigers five years ago, and which he's not now, and Brian, uh, Brian Bush does the games now. So hockey, men's basketball, and football on Michigan State Radio through the lead announced job has been pretty stable through the years. And I said to Brock, for whatever reason, which is the first one of those three to make a change or have a change for any reason moving forward? Tough call. Yep. Hard to tell. Tough, They've all been there call. for a while. I, I don't include right. women's basketball in that, even though those games are on, because the audiences are limited, to say the least, and they go through people right and, and left and, and all Dalton the time. And Dalton Shetler, this is only a second or third year doing it. But in, but in terms of the major sports, uh, hockey, men's basketball, football, on radio, yeah. in what way, how, and when 
would there ever be any kind of a change in the lead announcer's position for whatever reason? In the Big Ten, as I say, there's change across the board. Uh, and there's been change at Notre Dame through the years as well. Oh, yeah. But Alabama was stable with Eli Gold for, you know. And who's in, uh, who's the guy that did Kentucky radio basketball through all the... Uh, Kaywood K- 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 Ledford. Ledford. I and think he, he passed away. You know, he retired, and then he passed away a few years after that. He retired, geez, 92? Uh, Don Fisher. And to me, the two best Big Ten, with all due respect to everybody in the league, the two best local radio broadcasters of sports I've ever heard at any time in the Big Ten, easily, uh, were Don Fisher at Indiana and Paul Keels at Ohio State. Paul Keels is out. Yeah, I yeah, mean, that's a they, good call. They've been there forever. They're and those are volatile jobs those two have held, and both of them have yep. been able to get through the whole thing yep. all the way through. Rob Blackman, who does Purdue men's basketball, he's really good, too. I have a, Obviously, you don't hear as much of the other team's right. local play-by-play, right. <clears throat> but occasionally... Uh, depending on where you are and at what time of Great that. radio voices, Don Fisher and, and Don Fisher said, I mean, what he's done, I mean, he, he was part of the Bobby Knight regime, but he still, he survived all that. I think he's still around. And yeah, so he's Paul Keels. And he, and he still does football, too. And Iowa's had some very <clears throat> good broadcasters Gary through the years as well. Gary Dolphin, yeah. All right. We got a guest coming up in studio in just a moment. On we go. This is the Thursday Sparrow Stone on Sports. to Tracy for breaking news. We have super good news, Dave. The super sale is back at Meyer Friday and Saturday only. Save $6 per pound on certified Angus beef top sirloin steak. Save $6.50 on a three-pound bag of Honeycrisp apples and get a one-pound bag of mandarin oranges for 99 cents. Get Meyer super sale deals in-store or online while supplies last. Now that is super. Shop this Friday and Saturday only during the Meyer super sale. Exclusions apply. See all the deals in the Meyer app. Golf is never out of season at Michigan State's Forest Acres Complex. Regardless of the weather or the time of the year, you can practice with the facilities. And the pro shops have all kinds of spectacular apparel and Michigan State artifacts you really can't find anywhere else. Great for gift-giving ideas at any time of the year. Online, golf.msu.edu for everything Michigan State. And the 2024 season has got a lot of opportunities for golfers everywhere. Forest Acres Complex Golf at Michigan State. We all want more out of work and out of life. More top-line ideas, more bottom-line results, more support on the job to get us more time away from the job. To get more, it helps to have a trusted partner like Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan and Blue Care Network. It doesn't matter how big or small your business is. We help you stretch dollars and offer the health care coverage you want so you can focus on your job and life away from it. To see what Blue Cross can do for you, visit timeformore.com. Mexican food like nowhere else. The Qdoba restaurants in our area, especially Okemust East Lansing and Clifford Street Frandor, serving customized burritos, crave-worthy tacos, and so much more. You can order online, and there are many health-oriented options as well. Great for carryout and catering. In Okemos, call 580-8121. Always popular, always tasty, with great service every day. Qdoba, for the Mexican taste sensation everyone enjoys every day in every way. You'll love the Mexican Qdoba restaurants. 
Culver's in the Eastwood Town Center. You always mention Stout on Sports at that one location. You always get 10% off. Open 10.30 to 10. You can even call in advance to have your order delivered to you curbside right on time. No waiting in line at 374-1301. Okay? You'll love all the different options you have from Culver's, especially at this time of the year when you want to use the drive through Culver's has been red hot. Again, call in advance with your order at Culver's in the Eastwood Town Center, 374-1301. Bull Janitorial, the name to trust in the commercial cleaning industry around mid-Michigan. They offer a wide range of janitorial, custodial, and maintenance services. In addition to professional cleaning services, they also supply materials and equipment such as restroom supplies and more. There is not another commercial cleaning company you'll find that does it all for you like Bull Janitorial. They're open 24-7 when you need help. Call them 694-6642. Great employment opportunities at Bull Janitorial as well. If you've been putting off that car repair due to low funds or other things more important, Lake Lansing Road Mobile Service understands, so take advantage of their tax refund special today, receiving 10% off all parts on repairs over $500 when you mention this ad. Put your tax return to good use. Make an appointment today online or call 484-2300, extension 18. Lake Lansing Road Mobile at Lake Lansing Road and US 127 across from the Eastwood Town Center. Lake We've partnered for years with our official pizza, Cottage and Gourmet Pizza. You always get fast delivery and a variety of specials every day. Order online at cottagein.com. Convenient locations all over our area, especially East Lansing and Okemos. Cottage and Pizza offering a wide variety of gourmet pizzas, and you can build your own just the way you want. Handmade dough closes at 11.30 each night. Way to go, George Hoover, with the continued growth and success of our official pizza, Cottage gourmet pizza. It's tax season, right? Are they a hassle? Taxes have got to be a hassle for people in a complicated tax world. Mid-Michigan Tax to the Rescue, they've helped so many people in our area every year. But you need an appointment. It's in Lansing. Deb Alderding's Mid-Michigan staff at 694-9545, and they do payroll for companies as well. They'll help you, not just this year, but moving forward. Mid-Michigan Tax to your rescue at 694-9545. From the Breslin Center to Little Caesars Arena, we've got the sports opinions that matter to you. From the Driven Collision Studios, we make friends by accident. On the game, 7.30 a.m. On we go from the Driven Collision Studios here at WVFN Radio for years and years and years when uh, in years past... Uh, when we traveled to the Final Fours and covered them in the bowl game, Steve Kuhn and I were together. It was a tremendous break for him, Brock. <laughs> and uh, he's been at w- <clears throat> WILX-TV for 27 years, and he used to be, you know, chief photographer, top photographer and all, but now he's a big shot. And uh, so now he's operations manager at WILX-TV. So he was in the studio here for another matter this morning. I said we might as well stop in and say hi because we- he wears several hats. In my opinion, most notably, I mean, I don't think I'm, talking out of school that he's in his upper 50s and still catches every single year in an amateur baseball league for a long period of time. How you can do that with your knees. I, w- I know major league baseball catchers that couldn't possibly do that routine that long. Well, I always said I'm a commodity. You know, 58-year-old catchers, there's not many left. So I, I would <laughs> Do you watch major league catchers on television during any season and study anybody and say, that guy, how is he in the bigs, or that guy's going to the Hall of Fame or not? I do, because I work with a lot of young catchers, too. I do a, a few clinics and work with some other coaches. So, yeah, I would primarily watch. That's what I most 
like to watch the game, just watch the catcher do their work. So as an amateur baseball catcher, what has been the lure through all the years? And you're telling, and how many games do you catch? And you're telling me that you're saying it's more tougher on your back than your legs. Yeah, my knees aren't, because I didn't really start catching full-time until probably my junior year in college. So I didn't have it early. I was an outfielder before then. I thought it was just a, a, they needed catchers, so I volunteered. So now it's a little bit harder on my back. So now if I have to go out and mow the lawn and catch, I'm useless the next day. So of all the trips that we, I've never asked you this, Brock, and I'm afraid <laughs> I probably but smarter would not. Of all the trips that we took through the years covering either bowl games or NCAA basketball tournaments, is there either one trip or one incident during those years that is fresh in your mind that stands out for whatever reason? Uh, I enjoyed all I, the St. Louis trip was good, but also Dallas standing there when we went out and did the story, yep. you know, standing there in the middle of the street. And I said to you, I said, there's no way he makes that shot <laughs> standing there. I mean, that was just, just the stuff that we've done outside the, the basketball stuff. Some of the experiences are good in uh, Tropicana field watching basketball. There was something to behold. And, and you do on the live yep. shots out there. I don't know if you remember that. We, I remember with well. Eric Hess on that too. So that was a. That was a while ago. And because I... in those days, the equipment wasn't the same. And when we stood outside <laughs> Tropicana Field in 1999, all the local stations, they had them lined up yeah. side by side by side by side by side. And everybody, you know, and, then the, and the news is on at the same time, so everybody's yakking at the same oh, time. Oh, yeah, that was, that was something. Brock, you'll love this. He wanted to stand out there about... I don't know, a half hour early, and there was at least five stations that had to go before that, on and off. Oh, yeah, off, I was sweating, because we had the same set. And so, you know, one guy's got to get off, and you get on, you do your bit yeah. outside trap field. I do remember that well. <laughs> uh, but 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 to your point, and I've told that story on the air before, Brock, we land in Dallas. That's for the, you know, the Final Four game, Michigan State and Alabama. Oh, yeah, I remember. And as we arrived at the hotel, I looked down the street two blocks away, and I said, my golly, that's a Texas school book depository, which I had visited once before. Yeah several years after the assassination with my parents we'd we'd been there but i hadn't been there since and and so the first thing and we took what we had a couple of different yeah ann emmerich went with yeah, us yep. so we had a couple you know for the final four hey you know we got you covered it's coverage you can count on <laughs> so they have all these things with the coaches and the players and i and steve was staying i said you know what later for that let them go get all the football stuff let's walk down the street and do something at the assassination site and when we got there it was in i don't know late afternoon and we called the news department and said tim's sending back a story for the news right. and he said well what's the angle i said i don't know we'll figure it out yeah. when we get there yeah. <laughs> and when we got there there was all those alabama fans standing out there taking pictures right. by the crashing right. knoll yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there were a couple of different you know michigan state so we're talking to them and all that and they were a couple of policemen mounted on mm -hmm. horses in that area because there's an x in the middle of the freeway there where it's right in the middle of the street right in the middle of the street stopping traffic if you can running out there getting pictures and you see a lot of i'll say international people <laughs> or tourists that run out with brock with a red light back up the street so before the traffic comes they run out and take a selfie on yeah. the x which is a little macabre but what's right. what they did so i say to steve i said look up there at that what do you think of that shot look i mean does that shot look tough to you so the so the cop comes over he's talking to us and we said so what do you make of that shot he said we're not allowed to comment on that but he said when you what did he say he said if you look at the equipment we have today right the armament the rifles today which are so far more advanced than a Manlooker Carcano rifle that apparently Oswald used. Right. He said, it's tough for us to make those shots in three seconds. Cooner totally agreed with him. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. No, I've, I've, you've seen it on TV. You've heard all this stuff, and you've gotten all the reports and the conspiracy theories, all of that stuff. But to physically go there 
and stand there and you get a whole different oh, experience. You do. Isn't it amazing when you just stand there and then I looked up and I was just from where I stood there and I, there's no way. He, he cannot make First thing he did. He, he has to be We got there precise. and he he goes right to the spot, looks back up and he said how could he have hit three shots like that and been that accurate in, in the six seconds? Oh, I, I just, it's, it's such a different experience to stand there and look and see it. You can't beat it. You, if it's something that you've read about and you want to go, you go. You got to go and see it and visualize it in person. Because it looks exactly the same as yep. it did in 1963. I mean, you I know. I think the trees are trimmed and everything. It does look exactly the I same. I mean, and when we came in on the bus, you, you looked out the bus window from the airport. And we did not land at Love Field. They, you know, Dallas International Airport is just massive now. Love Field is still in existence where Air Force One was that day. But you drive by Parkland Hospital, which is clearly marked. Now, that doesn't look nearly the same today because right. like all the modern hospitals in America, they've added on right. to it. Right. But it did bring some. But then when we, when we pulled the bus, pulled in at the hotel, I said, man, there's the depository. Right. So let's go. And I think we went back for another story, didn't we? Yeah, we went back to, to, to the walk and, and talked to some of the people that were down there, the fans. Cause a lot of fans are down there, wanted to see that exact spot. Yeah, that was a good time. And then the Rose Bowl trip, uh, I mean, because yeah, the, the, the problem with the Rose Bowl trip is we had Colthorpe. <laughs> <laughs> So oh, that was a problem. So well, it's well, it's comedy hour for <laughs> well, it's, yeah. it's comedy hour twenty four seven. Not to mention, you kept volunteering us up for more stories and more stories, which we didn't plan on doing. But oh yeah, we'll get that. No problem. Yeah, behind the scenes, Brock. <laughs> here's something you probably don't know. When I go on those trips, usually there's dissension amongst the staff when we get there. <laughs> Why am I not surprised? And nothing went right. Nothing came in on time, and you know because of the holiday, uh, stuff that we had shipped didn't get there in time. Oh my I mean, god, it was, it was. It we was, got to the Rose Bowl a couple of you know four five whatever it is early and it's on a sunday afternoon and uh so the moment we land if, uh, they, all, they want stories video whatever and steve and we had sent all the equipment early and what half of it had not arrived half yet. of it hadn't so we had it. to apollo 13 it <laughs> i think we went out with the camera and a battery that was oh my on god fumes. but we and, and we, we got, got it, and we got, got something we sent it back and yep. sooner or later that our equipment and like who was it that uh oh fred says all the time and he's right he said people think that when you go on these trips to cover these games, it's just absolutely like you won uh, a trip on yeah, the wheel. You're on vacation. You're 24 7. You're working. You're ever loving. Oh, you know, you're too tired to even get a drink at the end of the day at the bar at the hotel because you're so tired. But that they've been fun together. So now, uh, Brock, you know, Steve's also the longtime assistant baseball coach at Holt High School. You enjoy that, right? I do. I enjoy working with the kids. Absolutely. When I was in high school, there were nine sports, all boys. We had no problem filling the rosters. And every single coach was a full-time teacher. Most coaches or a lot of coaches today with all the sports, there's not enough full-time teachers who can serve as legitimate coaches, right? Yeah, I agree with that. I think they would like to go back to that. I think now a lot of these openings that open up at the first look is someone inside the school that may have the, the first look or the first option. But there's just a lot of a lot of the teachers don't want to add that responsibility or, or don't want to maintain that because it's almost a year-round thing. And, and then there continue. are coaches like Pat O'Keefe and Jeff Smith and Rob Zimmerman. Those guys say, you know, when you're a full-time teacher, you can keep your eyes on your team right. during the day in the halls at school, right? which is an advantage, right? It's a big advantage. Now, big I played advantage. baseball, too. And Brock, I was just a step away from the major leagues. But when I thought down the road I'd be around somebody like you, I chose that instead. Oh, well, how Would you agree, you? though, as a coach, that because I believe this, amongst all the sports that high school kids play, baseball is a very difficult sport to play well. Fair to say? Very fair. I think it's, it's one of the hardest, especially the, the most mental 
of all the games. It's it's a hard. It's hard to hit a round ball with a round bat squarely and do it all the time and not get frustrated with the mental side because you're going to fail. That's the biggest thing. These kids now just think you have to be perfect. Well, in this game, you're going to fail, and you're going to be all right with it. It's how can you rebound. I remember asking Jake Boss Sr. when he was a volunteer with his son, Jake, at Michigan State, the difference. And he said, in high school, you're teaching so many fundamentals to young kids. At the Big Ten level, the players you work with usually have got past all that, so you're refined much more in, in the players you're working with, which makes sense, right? Yeah, absolutely. You want to get them. That's why it's important to have those youth programs come up and get, and get that and teach them how they play so when you get them, um, then you hopefully by their junior year, you know, they're about where they want to be fundamental wise. And then you can start working them towards if they want to go farther on in their career. So yeah. where is baseball, the popularity among kids today growing up, especially in the mid Michigan area to populate rosters? Not nearly as popular as it used to be. I don't think a lot of these kids even watch the game much anymore. Um, I think they're they're. They're interested in so many other things, but also most of those kids are essentialized. They just want them to do one thing. Our our exit interviews are go play another sport. I want to see as many as my baseball players doing other things, playing basketball or running cross country or tennis or even bowling for that matter. Go out and do something else to fill your time and get more athletic and get more involved in that culture. And I think if you're involved in the sports culture, you'll you'll tend to get a little bit more. But baseball isn't as popular as it used to be. This kid at Okemos is drawing a lot of national attention, this Caleb Bonimer. Okemos plays Holt. Have you seen him? I have. What I have. You, what? He's oh. legit. He's legit. He's. I think he's a, a, a better shortstop than a pitcher, but he's a, he's a darn good pitcher, that's for sure. And I think they see that college-wise, too. But uh, he's, he's one of the better hitters I've seen in a long time in high school. He's projected to go in the first round. He is. Very, in, the, in the MLB draft, we're talking. Yeah. He's legit. Yep, he's a legit player. So do you tell, I mean, my funny story is Ryan Lamar at Jackson Lumen Christie when Matthew played, and we played Lumen Christie in a doubleheader one day, and we had people who played Lumen who scouted and said, now oh, you don't want to throw him this, and you don't want to throw him man, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Coach said, hey, we don't back off anybody, man. We So <laughs> he gets up in the first pitch he saw, that thing just now did come down. <laughs> When you get caught in that, too, you think, ah, this guy's not going to be anything. But then you slowly realize, well, we're going to play a little baseball He here. says, we don't pitch around anybody. He says, we're, we're matching our best with his best. Because Matthew, he's a catcher. Yeah. He says, I, says I, I remember he said, I don't know what works on the guy because I haven't caught a ball yet. <laughs> That's a good story, but I have, I have no problem. I'll go around a guy. I'll put him. If there's a base open, he can have it. Well, so for the second game, now we after he hit three in the first game, we beat him the second game when he popped out to center field to end the game, which I'm telling you, that was like winning the World Series. But in the second game, we did walk him. And their, their, their parents and fans go nuts if you don't pitch to him because they're there to watch yeah, him hit. Yeah. I would imagine, though, with Okamas, they'll see that with this kid, right, in close games. In close games, I mean, uh, our head coach Keith Allen just decided, well, we're going to play baseball. You know, if there's an open base, we're going to we're going to you know have an open base. We're not going to let them hurt us. And our games were two to one and two to one. Right. You know, so um, you can take that strategy, or you can do what Grand Ledge and say we're going to pitch to him. <laughs> it's two or three out in a row. Well, I was Lancey Catholic. No, no, no. Because I heard these guys say, well, they want to you know low and outside with right, the, they right. get him a little inside. They said, no, 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 we don't pitch around anybody, man. We're coming with our best stuff. That first pitch just now did come down. <laughs> but at Okemos, he gets his 
swings, though. They, they, they throw it to him. They go at him. He gets his swings. I don't think it's cheated at all. All right. So you're a Holters among the different schools. And how many high schools in Michigan baseball, generally speaking, take the trip south? And it may not be all the way to Florida. Holt's on its way to Florida in another week. Well, no, it's another month or so, right? Yeah, the 22nd we head out. I believe it's the 22nd. Those trips have changed through the years and the rules of what you can do. Because I can remember we were on those trips. But all you could do was practice amongst yourselves. And I thought, is this really worth it? When you're looking at other states playing the field next and they're playing league games and with every parent down there on spring break, the stands were filled. Yeah, well, we get a chance this year to actually scrimmage. So we have Eisenhower set up and Rochester set up, actually looking for some more games. At any of the Michigan teams that are down there, we have an opportunity to scrimmage. So that's going to be something new. And we'll see how that helps us out. Do you, how many years is Holt? Because COVID wiped out the one trip, right? It, it wiped out, actually, I believe, two trips. And then we were all set to go last year. And they, we still had uh, COVID protocol at Holt. So we weren't able to go. It's been three years now we haven't gone. So in the greater Lansing, I mean, I know Grand Ledge has always gone every year. Do you go to the same spot every year or change? Uh, St. Pete um, is where we're going. And the fields have been a little bit different, but pretty much in that same area. And we're on a little different field uh, just on a uh, uh, kind of a public field this year. So uh, we're going through it that way versus a, a complex where we have been in the past. And in the area, this is it Okemos, Holt, Grand Ledge, and everybody else? Uh, yeah, I think your you're strong five or six will be there again. But everybody's split up, you know, throughout the district now. It's at, that DeWitt's now uh, Division Two dropped down in Grand Ledge, DeWitt. And I think Grand Ledge is with with uh, Okemos in that in that district draw, but the rest of us, because we're at Battle Creek, Lakeview and Battle Creek Central oh, with Jackson, so that'll oh, wow. be our district. All right, I should ask you one television, because for sport, for viewers, television viewers moving forward, and NBC was a gold mine for Channel 10 in a variety of ways from Big Ten football to the Lions and so on. How do you see the future of sports on television from your experience and expertise and looking at the future of the industry? Are we going to see more Peacock? Are we going to see more pay-per-view? Is the Super Bowl ever going pay-per-view? Are the viewers of WILX-TV or TV viewers in this market, are they going to have to change their habits from the past? And if so, how so? Yes, I think streaming is here. I think Peacock is here. I think a lot of these, not only in sports, but in the news, is going to have to go to the streaming so um, you're going to have to get used to Peacock. You're going to have to go other places. It's not going to be available. You're going to have to subscribe to a service to get a lot of the games you want to see. And Channel 10 did well with two Lions playoff games. We did well with, uh, the, uh, with Michigan, Michigan State football, Michigan State, Penn State, Michigan State, Ohio State. Yeah. I mean, I can still remember on Debbie's face, and she used to say when you get the big time, I said, guess what, we got three Michigan State primetime games. And in a lot of cases, it doesn't matter what state's record is. No. If it's in prime time, we're going to do well with Absolutely. it. Absolutely. I mean, people want to see it. People still want to watch it. So, yeah, as many of those games as we can get, I'm in for it. You know, the other thing before you go, if you're 37 years, if you remember back, how many people it took in broadcasting in, a, in any station, let alone a local station, to perform duties. Now look at the automation. that we. The next one's going to be announcers. I'll be replaced. <laughs> they say, well, who will replace you? I said, a robot. Ah, we'll just get AI in and replace you. I don't need to see you here. <laughs> well, <laughs> we can just prop. I got enough of your voice and all these recordings that I can pretty much do 30 minutes without you here. We'll get some middle school kid to come I'm gonna in. I'm going to need Brock, but I'm not going to need you. <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, I so now that I've had, I mean, I can remember when we were in Orlando for that bowl game and we're doing the primetime special, and that uh, the janitor says, "You guys want the lights on <laughs> to <laughs> light back?" This true story. We're there the night, uh, two nights before the game. We're gonna do a primetime one-hour special event, so state's bowl game with whoever, and we're at the Orlando State. We're the only ones there. We're outside. It's dark. The guys, and then we're gonna just set up our own lights. He says, "Well, do you want the lights of the stadium on?" <laughs> so of course this idiot does it without asking anybody. We were Fires on for five minutes, and here come the cops. But <laughs> <laughs> someone had broke in and turned the lights on. They thought oh. we were terrorists oh, breaking no. into the stadium oh, no. and playing them. And these guys were dead serious too. Oh yeah. I mean, oh, that the, was the, the janitor was no. Oh, around that, that after guy that. was. Who let you in? <laughs> who turned on those lights? They thought we did. Yeah. I mean, we and these guys were dead. I mean, these cops come flying oh. in on the north side of Orlando when all the game lights went on, and that was in a rough neighborhood too. Oh, yeah, <laughs> and it was at night. <laughs> now, what stadium was this? The main Orlando Stadium. Oh, the Citrus Bowl. The Citrus yeah, Bowl. Yeah, we're there for the. We're wow. doing. So back in the, I said we got a problem here. <laughs> Can you double up the commercials here for a moment till we get back? These guys are. They don't we, buy we, us. We may not make this. We next we had here. to show these guys the cameras and the microphones and our. These guys weren't buying any of that baloney. They thought we had infiltrated that stadium. And of course, you know, even then, you know, I mean, with, wow, I mean, the, the state of the world today, on. you know, what 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 contraband did we put in there? And boy, they were looking for that janitor. <laughs> All right, thanks for coming in. Absolutely, <laughs> there's nothing like remedy. You can't make this stuff up. And if you're around me long enough, it gets even worse. We'll have more in a moment. Stay with us. This is the Thursday Sparrow Stud on Sports. Tailgating season or any other special occasion, Tom's Food Centers in Okemos and Portland are ready to make it great for you. The entire family has created Tom's Food Centers, and they upgrade the stores with new renovations on a consistent basis. And it's also so convenient to get in and out right away seven days a week. A lot of things on sale. The stores are fully stocked. They're neat, clean, sanitary. And for all those special occasions, you can dart in and out anytime, seven days a week. Try them. Tom's Food Centers in Okemos in Portland. Of all the recommendations that I've ever given you on this program through the years, no one goes higher than the Munn team for real estate advice. John and Jan Munn work as hard as anyone in the business, trust me. And they truly are realtors who get results. John's cell phone, 881 Jan's at 282-6781. And when they put the one-two whammy on a sale or to get you the best deal possible, you have the best people working for you. The Munn Team, realtors who truly get results for anything real estate. At Shaheen Cadillac of Lansing, you drive the future with luxury at your fingertips. Experience our lineup of eye-catching sedans and SUVs. Cadillac is the next generation of high-end technology where remarkable comfort and attention to detail change the way you drive. Meet with one of our product specialists today or begin your experience online at ShaheenCadillac.com. Get this 2023 Cadillac XT5 for just $635 a month. Relax and enjoy the Shaheen difference. Penn Station East Coast Subs. Have you tried one at all? Have you tried their special of the month, which they have every month? They have two locations in our area across from the Lansing Mall and Clippert Street in Frandor. Go to the website, okay? You can order online for pickup at special times. And their menu is available for carryout virtually at any time. Mouth-watering subs like you haven't seen anywhere else. Congratulations to Mark and Cheryl Kellogg. Another big year behind and a great one ahead. Penn Station East Coast 
subs. Prestige Wine Imports, importers of a distinguished and diverse portfolio of high-quality Italian wines from the Italian Alps to Sicily. Well, they've now made their way to the mid-Michigan area, and the Sonoroso and Mezzacorona wines are as popular as ever with mid-Michigan wine enthusiasts. You can find the Sonorosos and Mezzacoronas at Dusty's Cellar in Okemos on Grand River Avenue. Ask Matt Rhodes about those, and maybe he'll give you a taste test. Or Horrocks on the west side. Sonoroso and Mezzacorona wines, you'll love them. If you're thinking about home renovation or adding or changing a deck at your home, you want Custom Built in Okemos. For more than 15 years, Custom Built Design and Remodeling has been the leading full-service design-build remodeling company in mid-Michigan, and owner Michael Flory has built it from the ground up over the years. If you're curious about what the difference between a general contractor and a design-build company is, you got to Google Custom Built in Okemos to see all they can do for you. We swear by Custom Build in Okemos, a great renovation company. It's amazing to me the fabulous quality of Washworld in cleaning your vehicle. Two locations in our area, Okemos and Jolly Road, and on the west side, I-96 at the MLK exit. State-of-the-art, full service, free vacuum. Who offers that? $2 off on Wednesday, gift cards available, and you can get monthly and yearly wash subscriptions. You're in and out right away. Your vehicle looks great any time of the year. Make your car or truck look great at Wash World, the best in quality, the fastest service, believe me, in Okemos and Westside Lansing. Hope you stretched during that time out. We're, We're back, back for, for more, more sports. sports. It's the game, 7.30 a.m. Uh, I think I pulled a hammy. On we go from the Driven Collision Studios here at WVFN Radio. What uh, Steve is to WYLX-TV, Jill is to the area. And Now that's a segue, Tim. That is, that is pro material. Yeah, Jill Marlin founded Peak Performance Physical Therapy 13 years ago, and I may be there soon, believe me. In fact, uh, the, the, the missus is saying that's I where you want to be. I told you to be. go last week. Uh, they can, but today, Jill's on the line, various orthopedic conditions that affect children. And orthopedics have been a big part of this show because of Sparrow and because of uh, Sparrow's orthopedic department, but maybe physical therapy for orthopedic issues for kids could be of helpful to you. Morning, Jill. Good morning. And yes, we work very closely with Sparrow Orthopedics and all of the guys and gals over there are uh, amazing as well. So yeah, we so have you do so, collaboration. So you do consult with each other or they consult with you because sometimes, obviously, if you can avoid surgery for anything and therapy works, which is far less complicated, that's today's world, right? Yeah, and you know, I think from, you know, part of one of our main core values is collaboration. And we're in the community so much that, you know, we're oftentimes on the sideline of many sporting events. So we're referring individuals to them, they're evaluating individuals, referring them back for rehab, and so there's a very close working, you know, with with MSU, with Sparrow, with you know the local organizations and the orthopods in the area, and and it's a very important relationship that you need to maintain to maintain overall health and wellness for the patient. So in my notes here, orthopedic conditions in children, first of all, let's define children. What ages are we talking about? What could contribute, whether it's sports for young kids or otherwise, just growth in orthopedic conditions in children? Yeah, well, a lot of things that we, you know, talk about on the show are specific injuries like ACL injuries and, you know, meniscus tears and different things like that. But we wanted to talk about today some things that are really common that oftentimes people don't hear about or talk about when it comes to orthopedic conditions in kids. Um, some things like 
you know, they're called Severs disease, which is a disease where the, the Achilles tendon or your, your calf muscle, your Achilles tendon attaches to your heel. As a child grows, it can pull off the bone a little bit at your heel. And it's extremely painful. It typically happens around 6% of, of adolescents age 7 to 14. So that's something to be look out if your child is having pain with sports, running. Oftentimes we'll see it in soccer, really tight cleats, different things like that. Um, Osgood slaughters, about 10% of children have that, ages 12 to 15. But it can affect up to 20% of adolescent athletes. And so that's, I don't know if you've seen anybody, Tim or Brock, that has a really big bump on the front of their knee. Have you guys seen that? Like, um, there's like a knot, like kind of on the front of the knee. What happens is the quadricep, as somebody grows, it's right, the, the growth plates are still open. It pulls on the front of that bone where your quadricep attaches, called your tibial tubercle, and causes that tubercle to shift a little bit and for that bony growth to develop. And that's called Osgood slaughters, and it can cause knee pain. And that's with individuals or adolescents that grow really quick. Um, also, PARS defect, which is a defect in the lumbar spine. So children should not have low back pain. Like that is something that like disc degenerated arthritis, that doesn't occur yet until they start to get at a certain age. A PARS defect can occur, and this is something to be really aware of as a parent of an athlete, 52% of athletes with low back pain suffer with some sort of spondylosis, which is some art, like premature arthritis, and 60% with low back pain suffer with PARS defect, which is actually bony defect of the spine. So if your child is having low back pain and they're an athlete at a young age, you should get an x-ray to rule out a PARS defect. And then scoliosis that goes along with that. So scoliosis is an S-shaped curve of your spine affects about 3% of the population. Um, about six to nine people in the United States and children suffer with some sort of scoliosis and it's usually diagnosed between ages 10 and 15, which is why they started screening for scoliosis in middle schools. So obviously physical therapy has so many different options for so many different people of ages. And a lot of times you talk about the elderly, but for youth and children and that, uh, to your point, I hadn't thought about that very much. Back pain, youngsters should not have any back pain, but physical therapy can be just as uh, good for children, as you suggest here, and I've got in my notes, which people may not know about, that physical therapy for kids can also be effective in many ways, especially in the orthopedic area. I guess I'm saying what you just said, right? Yeah, yep, and, and we deal with children, you know, and babies all the way down from, from torticollis, where they're born with some muscles that are too tight in their neck. So we have specific pediatric orthopedic specialists within our organization that work with these specific pediatric type of orthopedic conditions or some developmental delays and different things with children. But really those things is oftentimes as a parent of an athlete, it's kind of like, oh, shake it off. Like, you know, it's just a, a bump or bruise or, but you need to know when you need to elevate it to the next level. And understanding some of this terminology that I talked about today is really important. Well, uh, there's so many things that you have at your disposal at Peak Performance Physical Therapy, including uh, the uh, four locations in our area, right? Okemos, DeWitt, Mason, and Westshire Drive in Lansing. Brock will tell you I have no other notes in front of you, but everybody asks us a phone number because it's umbrella at 853-6800. Before I say goodbye for the week, anything else you want to pass on that I would not know to ask you in the first place? No, I think we covered we covered a lot of it. But, you know, for me, if there's 
there's any kind of pediatric injuries, make sure you're getting it checked out or call call one of our five locations. So there you go. Jill Marlin from Peak Performance Physical Therapy with us to help us a variety of ways with advice for you. Physical therapy can be fantastic in so many ways for anyone. Thanks, Jill. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you again next week. We'll talk to you soon. Take there care. There we go. Uh, the Culling Water Hotline to join us is 342-63. Brock is pointing to his screen. We were just talking about announcer changes with you know, Eli Gold out at uh, Alabama after, what, 35 years? NBC has announced, well, let's see, uh, Andrew Marchand and Pete Sampson, who Pete Sampson's the Jim Comperoni of Notre Dame football. Jack Collinsworth is out as NBC's Notre Dame play-by-play announcer. He will be replaced by NBC veteran Dan Hicks and analyst Jason Garrett. Really? Oh, Garrett's yes. been with them, though, for a while, has he uh, not? Second or third year after he got done, co- after he got fired by the Cowboys, he's been doing uh, studio work for the, um, uh, you know, football night in America. It wasn't Mike Tirico doing play-by-play of Notre Dame football. He was when Al Michaels was at NBC, but now that Tirico's doing Sunday night football, they had to come up with another announcer. But now Jack Collinsworth, Chris Collinsworth's son, he is out. So I always wonder Hicks. behind the scenes, what's the, as Paul Harvey used to say, what's the rest of the story? Fair. Because usually you don't want to make as many. I mean, I look at all of the changes at the Big Ten Network with their studio shows through the years. I mean, they, they used to have kind of a constant three or foursome in their studio shows, football season, basketball season. Now I see so many new faces that are on there. Yeah. Although Mike Hall's been there from the beginning, and uh, he's he's still there now. And well, uh, Dave Re- him and Dave Revson. Good more, Lord. More than anything else, analysts, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, even John Beeline, is, he's not in for all of the Big Ten basketball no. analysis, but it's amazing to me. And what goes on behind the scenes? Why are there so many changes and so many of the, the studio shows, or for that matter, play-by-play, or you can't keep them straight anymore. I look at these games, and it's occasionally tough, yeah. I'll see two guys or two people that are on the opening shot, and I say, let's see, never heard of him, never heard of him, or where do they get these guys from? But there's so many telecasts of these games anymore. There are so many announcers. It's almost, you used to have an identity with announcers, and there still is for the top few. Yeah. But... But even with the Big Ten Network, how many people really know who those play-by-play people are, with some exceptions, in football and basketball, let alone women's basketball? Right. Uh, I guess it's the nature of the business. we got another big hour coming up, okay? So Steve was here, Jill was here, Brock's here, I'm here. Kimberly's coming up, I believe, after this segment here. I've got some emails for him this morning, some very pointed emails. Okay. When he comes up tomorrow, i got a few questions we'd like to ask. But there are other things as well as we roll on here. This is the Thursday morning. Sparrow, Stout on Sports, and we're right back. WVFL East Lansing, a town square media station. We're the station you've turned to for sports for over 30 years. The game, 7.30 a.m. Attention, are you... Sports, opinions, and you. The station Lansing turns to for sports. Turns to for sports. The game, 7.30 a.m. Welcome to the Sparrows Down on Sports. On Lansing Sports Station, the game, 7.30 a.m. Starring the Dean of Mid-Michigan Sports, Tim Stout. Give him a call on the Culligan Water Hotline at 517-300-4263. Or send him an email at tim.stout at wilx.com. Now, celebrating his 30th anniversary. 
anniversary on the radio in mid-Michigan. Here's the Dean himself, Tim Stout. Hour number two this morning, brought to you by the two Wash World locations in our area. They're busy today, Okemos and Jolly Road, I-96 at the MLK exit. There's free vacuum service all the time. $2 off on Wednesdays, gift cards available, frequency discounts, and a whole lot more. There's no place like those two Wash World locations in our area. On we go here with the Thursday Sparrow Stout on Sports. The Boys State High School Basketball Tournament begins on Monday with district games. The girls have this week and next week to conclude their regular season and their state tournaments begin. And Jeff Kimmerly of the Michigan High School Athletic Association is on the other end of our line. Morning, Jeff. Hey, good morning, Tim. I have an email for you. He spelled your last name K-I-M-B-E-R-L-E-Y. He got your first name spelled right. Take it. Um, but, you know, just so long as they pronounce it right, whatever. Uh, amongst the things he tells me on this email, I thought in the past the host school of the basketball district tournaments always had to play a game on the first night. But Unity and Grand Rapids Christian got the buys, the seeds, for Wednesday night games. Has that changed uh, at all through? Apparently it has of your seeding now, right? I think everything changed with seeding, uh, and so I, I'll be honest with you, that sounds about right from our old setup, but I can't even tell you if that's for sure. At this point, my brain's kind of new one, I suppose, but yeah, all, all of that stuff is different now. Um, you know, the only things that are guaranteed now are, are teams on the opposite sides. If they're the one, two seeds, uh, if there are buys, those teams get them uh, in that order, and, and I think that you know, that changes up all of those old blind rule um, or blind draw rules that we had before. Have they, any of the 128 districts contacted you with some controversy about the seeds for the districts or is everybody quiet and satisfied and play ball? No, I think everybody kind of, you know, kind of gets how the system works at this point. Uh, I believe our, our fourth year doing this. Um, and so it, it's not any secret where people are sitting. Uh, the results update basically in real time uh, that NPR is active from the first game of the season and, and people can very easily watch their district on a day-to-day -day basis and know uh, where they sit. So we, I, I have not heard personally from anybody. I have not seen any media coverage of anybody angry. Um, and yeah, I, I think people kind of understand how this works. And, and at the end of the day, you still have to, you still have to win the games. So, we, I was going to say, we've been, we've been asking, you know, is the uh, Division uh, 1 district at Mason next week featuring amongst, the, well, there's, there's five schools, Holton, Everett, or, you know, but then the big three, in no particular order, are East Lansing, Okemos, and Mason. They're seated in basically in that order. From Jenison, I get this email. Tim, next week, Hudsonville Unity Christian will host probably the toughest boys district in the state in Division Two. Grand Rapids Christian is 19-2, and two, number one in most polls. South Christian is in the top 10 in most polls, 16-5, and five, played a tough schedule with two losses to Powerhouse Grand Rapids Catholic and Ottawa Kent Conference play and a loss early in the season to Grand Rapids Christian. The host, Hudsonville Unity Christian, is 17-4, and four, unranked but probably should be since it has a 13-game winning streak going into the final regular season game tomorrow night. South beat Unity early in the season. Also, Wyoming Godwin is 15-5, and five, so the combined record of those four schools going into the Hudsonville Unity Division II District is 63 and 16. Sounds pretty strong. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it is good. And, I, you know, I would say among Division two districts, it certainly is one of the best ones. We we, we generally have a few districts that stack up like that uh, in every division. I haven't started my preview yet for Monday. I'll probably do that Saturday from wrestling. But, um, you know, we usually have a few that are that are stacked up pretty good like that. Uh, and, and so certainly, I mean, Unity and South Christian have taken their turns making some pretty deep runs here lately. Grand Rapids Catholic Central is obviously Division Two also, uh, and, and they're in the mix even though they had a, a bit of an upset loss earlier this week. So uh, we're going to have some strong Division Two team come out of the Grand Rapids area no matter what. Sounds like they're going to be sorting each other out a little bit uh, next week to get things started. Uh, how about this from the Lansing School District? This uh, this uh, this guy sent me a tech, or an email. Tim, uh, we were talking about Penn State making an incredible rally to win at home last night. This guy says, Tim, speaking of Penn State basketball, former Lansing Everett and Rice University standout Brent Scott is now a first-year assistant coach for Penn State men's basketball. Scott, along with Sexton, Saudi Washington, the assistant coach at Michigan men's basketball, and Drew Valentine, head coach at Loyola Chicago, gives the Lansing School District two Big Ten assistant coaches and one mid-major head coach. Pretty strong, right? I mean, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, absolutely. And, and obviously these are names that people have known um, for quite some time. Uh, and, and kind of playing over different different time periods, I guess, over the last 25, 30 years. But, um, you know, I think a lot of people are really interested in what happens, what might happen to Saudi because, you know, what what's Michigan's future, you know, these next few seasons? How long does Jawan Howard stay there? Uh, I feel like he's been somebody who's been on the cusp of maybe being a head coach as well here at, at some point. So, um, you know, when I first started the State Journal, uh, Washington was the guy that everybody was talking about. That's when Western was making their tournament run, um, you know, and he was leading the way. And then obviously I know Drew uh, from covering him when he was at Sexton, and that's pretty awesome too. So, um, and Scott, actually, he was right before me. And so that I, I remember when he was kind of coming up in the coaching ranks too. Uh, last night, boys basketball, Sexton was due to play at Everett. The game was played at Don Johnson Fieldhouse. Do you know why it got moved there at all? I don't. That's that's the first I've heard of that one. Sorry. I mean, it's hard for me to believe that this was an attendance issue because usually these games, especially in the middle of the week, it they was, don't draw flies. It was supposed to happen in, I believe, late January, but it was moved from Everett High School because back in January, you know, Everett was Everett had an above 500 record and Sexton's had a great season. So to alleviate the um, ticket demand, you know, Everett's a smaller gym. Irvin Johnson Gymnasium is a relatively small gym. Yeah, but that seats about 2,500, and midweek high school basketball games in this area don't draw flies. No, I I understand that, but they... Everett's gym doesn't seat 2,500. Yeah. It's less than that. It's a, well, but anyway, they moved it They moved it to Don Johnson Fieldhouse and uh, moved it to later on in the season. Do you use Don Johnson Fieldhouse anymore for the state tournament? You know, I don't know if we have that one on the list this year. I mean, we've obviously used it a ton over the years. I believe it's still in the mix somewhere. Um, I just, I, I don't know. I, we generally, when we, you do use it, it's in the quarterfinal. Uh, so I, I and, and often the Lansing schools rotate as a host also, and, and so we end up there too. Uh, what's remarkable to me is out of nowhere, and I don't know what it's in the water there for basketball players, but Langsburg just finished 22-0 and and was undefeated last year. This on a boys' side, they finished 25-1. and So that's 47 wins in the last 48 games. In the division Langsburg plays, and division, for whatever it's worth, is number one in the state in the AP poll. In divi- I think it's Division Three, right, Brock? Yes. So in Division 
three, where would Langsburg get the most resistance off the top of your head if you have a thought? Oh, I, you know, I do have a thought because we were just talking about this. Uh, I was talking about this with somebody earlier today. Uh, for one, it's it's really a neat story because, um, you know, the coach over there is Tim Beebe. He used to be at Perry. He used to be at Hazlitt. Uh, took over the program this year from Dan Morrill, I think. Uh, Rob Porritt went over there to help him. Obviously, Rob took Hazlitt to Breslin multiple times uh, back in the Nate Turner days and even earlier before that, at the beginning of uh, the 2000s. Uh, Xander Woodruff is their stud. His dad, Brandon Woodruff, was a really good player uh, about 25 years ago um, as well. So there's there's a lot there, and obviously people have – Langsburg has been in the mix forever, you know, with Craig Mitchell running things, um, you know, things like that. Uh, I You know, if I'm looking ahead, uh, I think Riverview Gabriel Richard is really good. Uh, they lost to Cass Tech last night by only seven. Uh, Menominee is very good. Uh, beat Iron Mountain last week, and those two teams might be, you know, two of the the, the two best teams in the UP this year. Uh, Niles Brandywine uh, handed Benton Harbor its only loss of the season last week, uh, and and so they're also in the mix. So I would say, you know, looking ahead, I think those are are some of the teams that that kind of catch my attention. Um, I'm not quite sure when Langsburg would run into certain people. If they, I'm sure they run into PW sooner than later. I'm not sure where Lumen Christie is in their um, Jeff, schedule as well. Jeff, the brackets, all of those would be interesting. Yeah, Jeff, I've looked at the bracket. Langsburg could run into ch- undefeated Chessening in the regionals, and PW is actually on the other side of the bracket. And they, the only okay, way they could play, way. the only way they could play is either in the semifinals or the state finals, which would be pretty wild. Yeah, you know, and you're right. I actually looked that up after the second time they played, just because I think, I think PW's two losses are to Langsburg, right? That's it. That's, that's their only losses. Yeah. Well, nineteen and two. So um, I, I think Langsburg, you know, has an interesting opportunity here. I, I definitely think they're in the mix. And I look at the rest of these, you know, top twenty teams in, in kind of our NPR uh, situation, and I don't see anybody sticking out. There's not Flint Beecher. Um, had to forfeit some games, so people won't see them in those in these lists because right now their record is five and fourteen because they had to. I think they gave up seven wins. Uh, obviously, they're always in the conversation here, but I don't think this is maybe as strong a Flint Beecher team even uh, as the past few years. So, uh, high school hockey. Well, we're down to the regional finals, and and high school hockey now more and more and more of these teams are schools that have consolidated together. I mean, I can remember when there was Jackson and there was Jackson, Lumen Christie. Now it's Jackson United. And we all, and I mean, remember from our kids' days, there were a couple of local schools, Okemos, Lansing, Catholic. They had their own teams. Now it's what, Capital City or whatever it was. So what, they played the other night at Mun Arena and Jackson won it three to two. So now what, they go on to the regional finals. But in high school hockey, still most of the standout teams through the state tournament as it gets near the finals, that's either from the suburban Detroit area on the west side of the state and mid-Michigan once again is pretty well left out, right? Yeah, I mean, if you, you know, the Capital City program has made some pretty nice strides these last few years. Uh, they've, they've, they've been reaching uh, quarterfinal week a little bit. Um, and so that you know, obviously is great for this area. It's always been interesting because uh, we had, geez, when I first started around here, there were six or seven teams at least. A couple of them were co-ops, of course. 
but uh, I think Lansing Catholic stood alone, Alchemist stood alone, um, Bolt stood alone. So things have certainly changed. Uh, you know, you, you stick in the in the Detroit area, especially kind of down in the, the Kensington Valley, those schools down there, they still stand alone. There's a bunch of powers there. Uh, you know, around Grand Rapids, for the most part, uh, the bigger schools stand alone. In the UP, and these are Division three schools, you still have, you know, the Houghtons and the Hancocks and the Calumets uh, still stand alone. Uh, hockey is just a very popular sport up there, and so they're able to do something like that. But, you know, down here, a, a lot of the, I don't even know how many schools now are part of Capital City, but they've had some success, and, and uh, you know, we, we, we'll, we, we keep an eye on that. We changed some things up this year in our tournament. Uh, to reorganize it so all the co-ops weren't in one division. We, we It's the only tournament where we organize both by co-ops and standalones and try and split them up in all the divisions. And so that, that, you know, potentially is having a little bit of an effect here, but we're still kind of kind of sorting all those things out. All right, last thing before I let you go, we've partnered, uh, we being the Town Square Media, partnered through the years with the MHSAA on giving away some complimentary tickets for the basketball state finals for both the boys and girls. And we appreciate that. We have no shortage of demand for tickets to be given away. We give them away to all the sessions together collectively so people around here can go to any games that they want. They've got a ticket. And we, we get a packet of tickets. Now I'm told that what's coming will be through the Brock's phone and all of the tickets pretty much will be going through or the email, phone. Or, or email. Or email or digital or whatever it is. Do you print any paper tickets anymore for the state basketball tournaments in any way? Uh, or is everything going now has been digitalized and updated to way almost the way of selling tickets has now become? We, we don't. It's, it's all digital. Uh, of course, everything up to the semifinals, uh, we've done for a few years now. Go fan. Uh, but then the semifinals and finals, that's the Breslin Center uh, ticket office, and, and they're completely digital as well. So um, that is, yeah, that's the way those are coming. I just need Brock to let me know where to send them, and uh, you guys can start getting some people into those games. So if that becomes over my head and I get there and can't figure it out, I'll probably try to have to sneak in, uh, like I did as a kid, right? Although I'm not quite as agile or nimble as I was back in the day when I could crawl underneath garage doors that were only partially yeah. open. Uh, or I suppose I you could... You probably know all the tunnels to get into that building at this point, but... I'll tell you uh, what... You know, th- we usually have people at the doors to help. Um, you know, we, we, we make it so that it works. Well, you know what's different in the world today from those days uh, of yesteryear, not only, which is noteworthy, are metal detectors. And almost every arena you see anymore, I don't care whether it's in Detroit collegiately or whatever, and it's amazing to me that technology and these detectors have been updated to the point, you know, it used to be it was it took forever to get people through those. Now, they're, they're very, very, you know, state-of-the-art, and, it, you know, if you're alert on what you take in, you can go right through those things almost without stopping, and, and they, they, but, you all, but you almost have to have them. So you know the world, what it's like today. Go ask the Kansas City Chiefs, right? You know what it's like. So metal detectors are a little bit different, but those up, those obviously are going to be in place at least in the state semifinals and finals, right? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, Breslin has that entire setup there at the front. We all go through them uh, in the doors that we come in, uh, you know, as well. And it's it's not even really something you think about. I feel like anymore. Uh, it's just an, an, an added layer of security, and, and I'm glad we do it. 
A- absolutely. All right. So the districts begin on Monday in the boys' state tournament. When will the girls' district pairings be released and revealed? Come out Sunday. I think they'll probably be up by noon. Uh, so there you go. All right. Say hi to everybody. Well, March Madness is right around the corner. One more meek week of February. So w- when we visit next Thursday, we'll have district final games at hand. And then we can go ahead and maybe get a couple of predictions or kind of an analyze some of the big games that are coming up or the upsets around the state. It's part of the state tournament, part of any tournament basketball. There are upsets. There are teams that are big stories for one reason or another. And that'll be next yeah, week. But, but thanks, Jeff. Talk to you next Thursday. Yep, take care, guys. Jeff Kimmerly from the Michigan High School Athletic Association. I was going to ask him about the website and the brackets and that and my difficulty, but maybe that's more my difficulty than normal people. I've been told that that is being worked on uh, this week uh, to try to simplify it on the MHSAA website. Do you think there are many people out there in the world that are <clears throat> less digitally you know, competent than I am? Yes. You think there are some that are even yes. less, than, yes. less than I am? Yes. Could somebody just print a paper ticket for me just so I have one? You know, we keep all around a house. You know, whenever we go any place, we we take all the golf scorecards and bring them home and assemble them. We take all the special tickets. But if everything's going now through a phone, how can you display that? Exactly. Because you don't have the paper stuff yeah. anymore. Yep. It is the way of the world. To break we go and back we come. What's on your mind? We'll keep you up to speed on everything going on. We've got uh, our Gillespie salute coming up. We also have uh, all kinds of things. Uh, we're looking for Pure Green Smith Tree breaking sports moments. And when Ryan Brem tees off this afternoon. That driven collision story of the day. So away we go. This is the Thursday Sparrow Stone on Sports. Hey, Michiganders, take them back. For decades, the state returned 90% of bottles and cans, making the state number one in the nation. Today, Michigan is only returning a disappointing 75%. State can do better, and it starts with you. Michigan's 10-cent deposit is a convenient and simple way to keep the streets, parks, and waterways clean, all while conserving valuable resources. These are your roads, your lakes, beaches, and your dimes, so take them back. The message brought to you by ShoePan, a Michigan company delivering sustainable material solutions since 1968. Buying a home is an important decision. So when you're ready, you want to work with a financial partner you trust. You won't find a more personal loan experience than at Mercantile Bank, because to us, it is personal. Our lenders are in your local community and work for you, so you can feel confident you're getting honest advice from start to finish. When you find your happy place, Merck is here. To learn more, visit MerckBank.com mortgage. Member FDIC Equal Housing Lender. Doggy Daycare and Spa is proud to be the area's original doggy daycare center. With nearly two decades in business, we strive to provide your dog with the very best in cages daycare, overnight boarding, and a full line of grooming services. Our expertly trained staff's commitment and love for your four-legged family member will be apparent the first time you step through our doors. With locations in Lansing and Okemos, we are convenient for everyone. Give us a call at 333-WOOF. That's 333-9663. Visit us online at lansinghiphounds.com. Or better yet, stop in for a tour today. Doggy Daycare and Spa, where the hip hounds hang out. We've got a high five to Greg Sinecropi and everyone who has built Arts Pub into an iconic location on Kalamazoo Street in downtown Lansing. It's a great game day hangout serving a wide menu of pub grub and pizza plus a shuffleboard table, dine-in or takeout, closes at 11 p.m. And the menu can be found online at artspublansing.com or call 977-1033. Serving all three labor shifts in the city with wonderful fare. Arts Pub, Kalamazoo Street, have a great time there. 
These are exciting times at iDevelopment, a company that has been so terrific around the mid-Michigan area for so many years. The latest for us now from Nathaniel Light. Nathaniel? Hello, Tim. Thanks for having me. Lots going on in all markets, starting with downtown Lansing. You're seeing more people on the streets, in the offices, back to work. It's a great sign. In fact, in our building, the Naps building, uh, in the spring-summer, you're going to see a great new concept called the Makata Club. It's a food hall concept with new businesses as an incubator. It's really going to bring stuff, bring people, bring small businesses, and a great food concept and bar to downtown Lansing. Pay special attention in East Lansing to Hanna Plaza and to our retail property Woodland Square in Okemos. Lots of good retail concepts for you to visit there. Check us out. Google iDevelopment. It's such a wonderful company, helping people in so many different ways. It's been that way for the years. iDevelopment to help you. You never know what time of year you're going to need the talented people and services of Doty Mechanical, 615 South Waverly and Lansing, one of the terrific service companies in our area through the years. Heating issues, cooling issues. You need a generator. You need plumbing help. All of that and more from the great technicians at Doty Mechanical. They carry the carrier products. They're the exclusive distributor in the area. 327-7777. 327-7777. When you need that kind of help, call Doty Mechanical. The official printer of Stout on Sports, the best printer, best print shop I've seen in the area, ASAP Printing, Enochemus, West Jolly Road on the strip mall just off Okemos Road. Ed Giles got it. It's easy to find. You park right in front. It's clearly marked. 349-7300 with any questions. ASAP printing. All right. If you need signage for getting your people back to work, Florida Cal's, informational posters, yard signs, banners, all that because of the pandemic or anything, that's ASAP printing where no job is too big or too small in Okemos. The iconic Coral Gables restaurant on Grand River Avenue in East Lansing, more than 90 years young with so many loyal customers so pleased that Coral Gables has survived the pandemic and is bigger and better than ever. Catering, carry out, employment opportunities, all of that at 337-1311 and the fish fries are spectacular on Friday night. When you've got some time to spare with friends and family, you know what the history's been like around that restaurant just east of the campus Grand River Avenue. You'll always enjoy Coral Gables Restaurant East Lansing. Yeah, you can be with your friends tomorrow night. This is a Lenten season. Fish fries on Friday nights are a big deal, certainly at Coral Gables. And at the Brookshire Inn in Williamston, 4 to 10 p.m., all you can eat codfish fries, right? And they also, at Brookshire, well, I mentioned that they're looking for help in the pro shop this coming season. Melissa will give you the details when you call her at Brookshire at 655-4694. Melting Moments ice cream sandwiches at all Michigan State. Concession stands, sports or otherwise, all year long. And in the packages at the quality dairy stores, any time of the year is great for melting moments ice cream sandwiches. From Comerica Park to Jackson Field, we've got the sports opinions that matter to you. From the Driven Collision Studios, we make friends by accident on the game 7:30 a.m. We're still trying to identify a driven collision uh, story of the day. Well, Tim, you know, we'll, we'll, and we'll get to that, but uh, today is a very momentous day in American history. You know that? What, 44 years ago tonight, the miracle on ice, right? Uh, uh, well, from Blake Placid. This, and, ha- this happened. 11 seconds. You've got 10 seconds. The countdown going on right now. Morrow, up to self. Five seconds left in the game. Do you believe in miracles? Yes! Unbelievable. 
the teams congratulating each other after the game the crowd still roaring look at Jim Trey <laughs> the United States hockey team average age 22 Herb Brooks head coach Craig Patrick assistant coach unknown totally anonymous a week and a half ago look at Herb Brooks oh <laughs> So if the average age was 22, 44 years till the night later, they'd all be 66 or they're about the average yeah. age. of the. the and how many, uh, Herb Brooks, of course, has passed on. Yeah, he died in an uh, car ac uh, automobile accident. And I think several players on that team have since passed away as Un well. Unfortunately, yes. But uh, that is, uh, that, I think, what, the Associated Press voted that the biggest upset in American sports in the 20th century. Hard to argue. 44 years ago tonight, Michigan State Hockey played a home game. And after the game, then Michigan State Hockey head coach Ron Mason called me in the old WJIM-TV office to ask if I had heard that the United States had beaten Russia. So I said, can you come over around the corner to our studio for the 11 o'clock sports on that Friday night, 44 years ago tonight, sit mm -hmm. on the set and discuss that. And this was after his team had won a game. That never came up because he was so, uh, you know, exuberant that the United States miraculously had beaten the Russians. And it was not the gold medal game either. It was the first game of the... It wasn't the semifinal. The way the, they did it then was a lot different than it is now. Um, the Americans finished second in their pool to Sweden, so they ended up having to play the top team in the other pool, which was the which was Soviet Union. And... Uh, they got outshot. It was either 42 to 16 or 39 to 16. And Micah Ruzioni scored the goal with exactly 10 minutes remaining in the third period, and they won four to three. I shamelessly tried to offer a bet to Brock, thinking he forgot about that and said, I'll give you Russia and half a goal. I said, No, I, I know how this turns out. Because I've, I've watched the. If you go on YouTube, you can find, you can watch the entire game. And it is, uh, I mean, it's something else to, to watch that. A bunch of college kids beating. Uh, Maybe the best team in the world, a team that could was very competitive and beat some NHL teams in these all-star exhibitions, whatever. And uh, they won the gold medal, won it fair and square, and then two days later beat Finland 4-2 to to win the gold medal. So a lot of you tend to take summer trips by car, especially with a family. So if you head that way, you can go through Niagara Falls and see that. Then you can head to Cooperstown, all right, see that. And then I would say it is worth it. Uh, to take a, the turn north and drive up the Hudson River Valley area. You, I'm amazed at the mountains in northern New York, which I never knew of. The existed. Adirondack Mountains, I'm yeah. amazed at how uh, steep they are. Lake Placid to this day still plays to the tourists for the Olympic Games that were held in that area back in 1980. That huge ski jump is what you see coming into town. Yeah. And the ice arena is still almost exactly the same. They've made renovations, but it's not the Olympic Ice Center now. It is Herb Brooks Arena. Yeah, I mean, there are many souvenir stores. There's a lot to do in the area, and it's a beautiful part of the country. It takes a couple hours to get from Cooperstown up to Lake Placid, but if you're looking for some place during a... You know, an easy trip. That's and you're in that area. There you go. You got three. You got between Niagara Falls, Cooperstown, and Lake Placid. How many, you, you ever, you've been to Niagara Falls, haven't you? Yeah, I don't know how many times. Okay, been I've been enough. there once. It, it's you got. They're still there. They're still there. And I don't think you're going to move that uh, either it's, way. It's wonderful. It's great. Got to go. If you haven't never been, you got to go. Lyles and Lansing on the Culling and Water Hotline as we roll on to this Thursday morning. Good morning. Good morning. Um, 
I haven't been to all the Big Ten, and I know there's some new ones. If you, I'm trying to think. Um, I agree that with you that Carver Hawkeyes, you know, for viewing it is the best arena in the Big Ten. I don't know on the new ones, but which one was worse in your own? I've been. Oh, that's easy. The worst in Indiana. Indiana's Assembly Hall or Uh, Michigan State's two-tiered system. Uh, Penn State's by far the worst arena in all of college basketball to the extent that last night they played that game with Illinois in the old rec hall, which seated about 6,200. And the Penn State people would tell you the Bryce Jordan, they don't even open. They have curtains drawn around the upper deck. I think they've only opened Because they don't draw anybody for men's basketball on that thing. They only open that up for like concerts and like WWE wrestling shows. You know what I mean? I did about three or four games in there, and I remember the first time I was there, we're killing a couple hours before the telecast, so with nothing else to do, and a little younger in those days, I walked all the way up to the very top row at midcourt to look down, and I was flabbergasted at how high that that top seat around that Bryce Jordan Center is. At Penn State? At Penn State? Yeah, it's just mind-boggling. It's worse than, it's worse than the assembly hall? Oh, by a mile. Absolutely, by really? a mile. They, it isn't even close. And the assembly hall has been dramatically renovated through the years. It, it Look, you know, Bobby Knight used to always call it the monstrosity. He hated that. <laughs> he called it the monstrosity. When, and what made him mad was that the guy that designed it designed the football stadium, and he had pretty much the same idea in mind for the way that was designed. And Indiana's never going to change that. And, and it's yet, too expensive, and, and they can get away with selling all the tickets now. And yet, well, now Tim, they've renamed it to something to Simon, somebody's SKJ, something. I don't but is. to your point about the Breslin Center, I can remember when that was, you know, here at Jenison Fieldhouse, Jenison Fieldhouse, Jenison Fieldhouse, and the thought was when Judd came here in the middle 70s, we're going to get a new basketball arena. We've got to figure it out. And when, when it was designed, and I remember looking at the initial design, I remember telling Judd, and he didn't have an opinion one way or the other, I said, Judd, if they put a balcony in here, I'm telling you right now, you're going to have a lot of people in a class system because everybody's going to want to sit in the lower bowl and the upper bowl is going to be the, that's the second class of a Michigan State fan. Now, some will sit up there and won't complain because the seats are cheaper, but others are going to say, I'm going to go, I'm going to go and I'm going to sit in the lower bowl. Years later, he said to me, you're absolutely right. And we used to get tickets for basketball games to give away. That was before the demand is the way it is now. And we get people that would say, well, you know, where are they? Where are they located? Where are they located? I remember, when I, I'll never forget this. At one point years ago, I was in front of the search committee for an athletic director. And, 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 and about the fourth question that came up from 20 people at this L-shaped table at the Kellogg Center, how would you changed the seating in the Breslin Center in basketball. And before I could ever say a word, they all got into an argument with each other about what the problem was and how to solve it. And my answer was, if you think it's easy to solve, just listen to all you guys talking about what the issue is moving forward. Now, because there's a demand for basketball tickets, their people will take what they can get that's available. And so, therefore, many of those upper deck seats. But but at any Michigan State men's game, go take a look in the upper corners and see if all those seats are filled. Yeah, I've noticed that. And they're, they're just a bench up there, right? Uh, well, that was all when Knight was here the last time at the shoot-around, he, he, after we did the interview, he said, come over here and sit down, I want to ask you. Come over here and sit down, I want to ask you a question. So he had his lieutenants with him, and they were all pointing at things. And Knight said to me, 
why is it that there are aluminum bench seats around the top of this arena behind? It's like the top three or four rows yeah. around the building. Why right? is it like that, that they're there behind the regular seats? I said, I got an easy answer for you. I said, you could have asked Judd this. I said, when the arena was being built, as usual, there were cost overruns. And during the construction, a massive I-beam that was supposed to go across the arena center uh, from one 50-yard line to the other 50-yard line in that arena, the crane dropped it. Uh, fortunately, no one was injured. It was in the winter time. I'll never forget the video of it because there was video of the crane dropping the thing. But that caused extensive damage and it delayed the opening of the building. When the cost overruns were finally identified, there were options. We can either delay the opening and try to raise more money or we can go ahead and cut back and try to get it open when we want it. In doing so, that would have removed seats all the way at the top and putting those aluminum bench seats at the top to make it work. So, what so was, I'm uh, what was Knight's canned answer? So Knight was telling me, well, you know, we had a problem and we're trying to change the monstrosity that we play in. We're trying to figure out how to do it. Da, 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 da. So I said to him, well, your school where you played Ohio State just opened Value City Arena, and they had a huge cost overrun, but instead of cutting back, because I said, if you've seen that place, which he had, I said, they've got, I mean, they've absolutely, that is state-of-the-art, everything is first class in there, and they sold more sponsorships, and they sold naming rights so that they didn't name the building after an Ohio State figure, they named it after Value City. Uh, that just ignited him. He said, now I'll take the F-bombs out. He said, if you think at Indiana University, blankety-blankety-blank, we're going to call it the Kmart blankety-blank arena, we're not doing that. So he says, just because Ohio State has no sense of, you know, and he goes on and on and on because we're not going to call it the blankety-blank Kmart arena in Bloomington. And, and frankly... I, I sent you and Brock a, a, a clip from night doing an interview I sent it yesterday. I think about I every once in a while you find these clips. I've never seen that one before, and he's just doing a nice interview, and then all of a sudden, if you want, I saw. I saw I'd seen that before. If you Google Bobby Knight, oh, and ask him, and Google Bobby Knight uh, uh, golf lessons. Oh, Google the Bobby Knight golf lessons. Oh my he would do a summer show. With the Indiana University, uh, University men's golf coach, who he liked as a friend. So they would do this TV bit. He did the same thing in Texas Tech, too, I believe. I think he did. He so did. they're doing this sand trap. and there's, oh. there's So that if you, got, you have to see it. Great. And you have to see Knights in the sand trap and the guys, you know, giving him his lesson and telling him that here's where you hit it and all that. He, so he puts some balls down. <laughs> And I can't get out of he can't get out of the trap. So finally he takes two hands over the top of his head and here come the F bombs. And he's just slamming that club down and there's sand going everywhere. And he gets out of the trap and throws the club away. I think most of that was shtick. Oh yeah. I think Knight knew that he was putting on an act. And then the other one you have to see. And I tell you what, I could not possibly have done it and keep it a straight face. So they do this bit. I got to be careful how I explain this because it's profane. Knight was well known for one profane word. Oh, I've seen this before. Over all the rest. Yes. So screwing around before they were taping his coach's show one day, 
the guy who hosted the show is from Indianapolis. The guy says, he says, well, Bob, let's, uh, you know, let's warm up a little bit. And Knight knew this was coming. So Knight has his deadpan face. He says, Bob, why do you always use the bleep word so much in conversation? And Knight said, well, that's easy. It's one of the most... Uh, it's one of the most usable words in the entire English language. He says you can use it as a noun, and then he would make it use it as a noun. You, you can, can use it as an adjective, and then he would give an example in a you sense. You can use it in a verb. You can use it as a verb. You could use it for hostility. You can use it for astonishment. An adverb as well. You can use it as an adverb, and he's going on. So now you can hear the crew that's filming this just absolutely just crying, falling apart laughing. laughing. And the guy who's the hook is, I mean, it was like, a, you got to Google it. To see it. and 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 the two and night and the reporter they're doing a good job keeping it together and then eventually he lo they no, lose no, it they, and they just all at night never cracked a smile he says i mean it's not one until of, the very end and he says he it's one the of end. the most usable words it's in the great. english language i mean i can use it for hostility i can use it for praise i can use it for astonishment i can use oh, it as, are, you can google those you google, oh, yeah, you google bob knight or bobby knight and then just put in the specifics and it because but the one you sent me i'd seen a million but it's 30 seconds and he's just lost a game and he's describing the problems and he loses his temper and he gets up and he says, I don't care about this show and throws a mic up, which of course he came back down and said, I always thought to myself, if you did Knight's Coach's show, and I did Nick's all five years, I never had a problem because I knew, I knew the rules. I never had a problem. But if you, I used to tell Knight one, Knight said to me, what else do you do around here? So I would explain, you know any of the coaches around? He says, what else do you do around here? So, <laughs> legitimate question. What, what else do you do? And so, and he, look, he was tremendous. I mean, he got me taken. I mean, he did a lot of nice things for him. But anyway, well, well, I'll have to tell the story about you and your brother. Yeah, I mean, and I, a friend of his in Orlando. We don't have time to do it now. We don't have time to do the whole thing now. But, but, uh, but, but, night. I mean, the, the I mean, in the when when he passed away, I thought I could tell on ninety minutes worth of stuff. And I wasn't even around the guy that much. But if you, yeah. I said to him. If I had to host your coach's show, I'm not quite sure how that would play out because I know you pretty well. Because he said, you asked me questions that I like to answer. Well, I was, you know, I always sent him a letter in advance and asked him for an interview, which he always appreciated. And you sent a thank you note. And after I you always were done. sent him a thank which of course you shouldn't have to do, and nobody else does. Right. But Knight appreciated. But with Knight, yes. With Knight, he he he. I, what I liked about him was he played favorites. The, the others yeah. caught on when I'd be over there interviewing him the day of a game, and and they'd all stick those mics and I get out of here. You guys didn't ask for it. He's the only one. Everybody else get out of here. And he made him go. And I always appreciated that. So now we're the only one that's got an interview because I sent him a letter in advance. And I said, could I request, you know, and blah, blah, blah. And well, once he got to know, he knew the questions. He was pretty much going, and they were legitimate. And then, but I always sent him a thank you note. I always, and he always appreciated that and paid. No, I never did it for anybody else because you didn't have to. But if, how bad do you want the but guy? for night, yeah. I said to others, how bad do you want the guy? If You got to go by his rules. If you go by his rules, he was fine. And, and he was funny too. Yeah, and you got to watch the you got to watch the video which I saw after he passed away. It's about five minutes about him talking about Michael Jordan at the Olympics, and that's fantastic as well. It's it's worth your time. But when you when we get back from because we're Thanks, only doing for the we break, go. I'll give you the other. The, 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 the I'll tell you the the two the, my two greatest stories were not from his day in Eastland. It was the day that Kelser. And Gus and I went down and oh. did the TV game down in Bloomington. And night, Kelser didn't like him. Kelser couldn't stand him. Yeah. Kelser stayed away, never said a word. But Gus and I, <laughs> the day of the game down there in Bloomington, Knight did two things that day that I still absolutely laughed my ever-loving brains out. Um, 
And and then it was the day of Judd's final appearance in Bloomington. Knight loved Judd. Knight loved Gus. Yep. Knight loved everything about Michigan State except the people who fired Gus. And he never could get past that. And he all he loved Judd and he loved Gus. And we're right back. One of the most popular restaurants in our area for years continues that way. Woody's Oasis on Trowbridge Road in East Lansing. As the saying goes, eat at Woody's, live longer with a Mediterranean cuisine. And now the menu has some wonderful new items they're all excited about. Chicken kafta, along with their Woody's burgers, gyros, fries, and a whole lot more. For all the information, the website, woodysoasis.com, or call 351-2280. Woody's. Eat at Woody's, Trowbridge Road, East Lansing, and live longer. Since 1984, DBI, they do office everything for the office at 912 East Michigan Avenue in Lansing. DBI provides workspace solutions from pens and paper to space planning and movable walls. One call, one source, one solution. Everything for the office, whether it's for your business or your home office. Nobody does it better than DBI. Again, 485-3200, the best deal the best options, the best planning. DBI of Lansing. Ozzy, the official jeweler of Sparrow Stout on Sports. Kitty corner from the Frandor Shopping Center with such convenient parking. But maybe you need some consultation. You can call Brooke Humble and the staff anytime at 332-7900. Every day is a special day at Ozzy Jewelers, the best jewelry store anywhere we say in Michigan, let alone the mid-Michigan area. The number again, 332-7900. For that special occasion at any time, Ozzy Jewelers to the rescue for you. The best barbecue in our area. Brisket, beef, everything under the sun. Smoke and pig barbecue on West Saginaw near the Lansing Mall. Brian Torok says, hey, we've got our trailer that'll go to all the special occasions, maybe yours at any time during the year. And the sports bar is within a year old now with many big screen TVs and all the mouth-watering menu items for you at any time of the day or night. Go to the website for Smoke and Pig Barbecue for any special occasion. Treat your friends and guests to the best mouth-watering barbecue anywhere. What is the Greater Lansing Sports Authority? They're a full-service sports commission with a passion for bringing in, creating, and supporting sports events of all kinds. And their free services include everything from event development and tournament planning, locating the right partners and facilities, and even recruiting volunteers. They're dedicated to helping you host the best event possible in Michigan's capital region. In Greater Lansing, we all love the game. You can learn more at lansingsports.org. One of the great success stories I've seen in Lansing business through the years is the growth of Desmond Ferguson's Moneyball Sportswear, founded in 2002. The former standout area basketball player already has a gorgeous store in the Meridian Mall and his new headquarters location now in 927 West Saginaw Lansing, it's up and running. Moneyball outfits hundreds of athletic teams worldwide, and its athletic leisure wear draws rave reviews. If you have questions, call 393-0763. You're a winner when you outfit your team or yourself in Moneyball Sportswear. Way to go, Desmond Ferguson. Moneyball, the only way to ball. If you're thinking about home renovation or adding or changing a deck at your home, you want Custom Built in Okemos. For more than 15 years, Custom Built Design and Remodeling has been the leading full-service design-build remodeling company in mid-Michigan, and owner Michael Flory has built it from the ground up over the years. If you're curious about what the difference between a general contractor 
contractor and a design build company is, you got a Google custom build in Okemos to see all they can do for you. We swear by custom build in Okemos, a great renovation company. For more than 60 years, Dean Transportation and Dean Trailways have connected students to learning, public schools to our communities, sports teams to their championships, and you to a purpose-filled career. As the official ground transportation provider of Spartan Athletics, Dean Trailways is the state's premier motor coach provider, connecting you to pure Michigan experiences. To learn more about group travel and to join the Dean team as our next champion driver, visit DeanJobs.com today. That's DeanJobs.com. Dean Transportation is hiring school bus drivers and service technicians to support Lansing Schools and Ingham ISD. Bus drivers started up to $22 and competitive wages for service technicians. Dean has immediate openings and provides CDL training with increased earning pay, benefit packages, flexible scheduling with weekday hours and more. Dean Transportation is the career choice for you. And you can apply at DeanJobs.com and start training for your next route. Lake Lansing Road Mobile is across from the Eastwood Town Center. Touch-free car wash day-to-day gets you 25 cents a gallon off the price of gas. And they have service bays Monday through Friday to fix whatever ails your vehicle and you're in and out right away when you call 484-2300. And in the Eastwood Town Center, that's right across the street. You're hungry. Oh, Culver's right by Walmart. When you order mentioned Stout on Sports, Culver's will knock the price down 10%. Why would you argue with people online about sports? When you can argue live over the airwaves. Cut the BS and let's get to the truth. Sports and Sports Talk is on the game, 7.30 a.m. On we go from the Driven Collision Studios. You know, Brock, last fall, it was in November when uh, Bob Knight passed away last fall. Yep. And there was a lot of heavy reaction from the coaching fraternity and so on. But I never heard another word after that about any funeral arrangements, memorial service, no. uh, anything at uh, Indiana or anywhere else that never got brought up again. And, you know, where he is buried or what his family did after he passed, I'd never heard a word you about know. that. Yeah, I'm just glad that he buried the hatchet with Indiana before he passed away. Remember, he did it. Uh, the Purdue game four years ago, well, that's right because before COVID. He, that his players convinced him that everybody that he was mad at were all gone or dead. Yep. They were either gone or dead. Yep. I mean, the president, uh, Miles... Uh, Miles Brand, who ended up with the NCAA. I mean, he passed away, and he's the one that got rid of Knight. And, uh, I mean, it, it's too bad. A lot of those memories come... I mean, my, my two... Um, there are a million of them, Yes. But Judd's last year, I got assigned to do the game Michigan State at Indiana on television. And uh, Kelser was with us, and Gus was doing radio. So we all drove down together. And Knight invited us to come down and stop by his office the morning of the game, uh, which he never did for anybody else. And by the way, like Brock says, Knight loved Tom Izzo, too, for a variety He's of a reasons. He's a big fan of coaches. He though. loved Izzo, Gus, and Judd, no question about it. So he says, why don't you guys come in, you know, whatever time it was, noon, whatever. And he says, stop by the office. And he says, well, Chad, this is the day of the game. And his players are going to shoot in the shoot around around 1230, something like that. So we park, we go to his office, which we'd never been to, which is on the main concourse. And we walk in there, the secretary and says, have a seat. <laughs> I said to Gus, I said, can you imagine the story she must have around here? <laughs> I mean, the stories that she must have through whatever year she's been here. So I got two minutes to the news. So Knight comes out, and uh, he wants to show us his plans 
for the renovation of the assembly hall. And we get out in the hallway to walk up and somehow, some way, this young woman with her son, and they're all wearing Indiana garb, and they're walking through the halls and she sees him and stops him and she says, oh, Coach Knight. She says, Johnny, I don't know, Johnny's probably eight years old, something like that, nine years old. She says, Johnny's a big fan of yours. She's got, she pulls out of her purse, notebook and a pen, and she says, would you mind giving Johnny an autograph? So <laughs> Knight doesn't say anything. He takes the pen and the pad. She stands next to me signing it. He says, hey, Johnny. Why the hell aren't you in school right now? <laughs> he says, man, this kid's skipping school. He should be in school right now. I'll sign the autograph, but get out of here and go put that kid back in the school where he's supposed to be. So we turn away and we're laughing. So Knight's got keys on him that are like janitor's keys. Oh, there's, right, yeah. There's like a roll of like 30, 40 keys. He so did, he's going to yeah. show it. So now we walk up this little concourse area, and he's going to show us in the upper deck what the plans are. And he can't find the keys, and Gus says, imagine that, Knight doesn't have keys to his own building. So he finally finds them, and he looks down, and the women's team is working out. Oh, and yeah. Knight had put X's on the floor, where when they do their shoot-around, he was going to have his team pretend, you know, where those X's are. He wants them to play defense against Michigan State that night. But with the women practicing out there, the women's coach, whoever it was at the time, thought they were a distraction. So with Knight looking on, she didn't know he was up there. He has the manager start pulling that tape off the floor where those X's were. I'm telling you, Knight looked like Usain Bolt out of the starting blocks to go down there, and away they went. And we never saw him again. He was down there with the, with the women's team and a coach putting those X's back down. He's mad because the managers weren't putting them back to where he had them in the first place. It was a classic. If you think about me, you're around long enough. Uh, <laughs> it Bobby, was only one. Uh, when we come back, uh, we've got our Culligan MSU recruiting report. That's supposed to be up next as we roll on. This is the Thursday Sparrow Stout on Sports. It's happening. Back to the best in sports talk now. We're Lansing's number one source for sports talk. The game, 7.30 a.m. Welcome to the Sparrows Stout on Sports. On Lansing Sports Station, the game, 7.30 a.m. Starring the Dean of Mid-Michigan Sports, Tim Stout. Give him a call on the Culligan Water Hotline at 517-300-4263. Now, celebrating his 30th anniversary on the radio in Mid-Michigan, here's the Dean himself, Tim Stout. Hour number three this morning is brought to you by Capital Region International Airport, Avello Air, Avello Air. Com. Discount tickets, Lansing, Orlando, nonstop Thursdays and Sundays, and it's a good flight from personal experience. We get asked about it. It's a very good flight, and it's cheap, too. Apple Vacations, okay, nonstop to the Caribbean, all right, not better than that. Google App Vacations to see what is there for you. Uh, we always appreciate it when we get the superstar of Michigan State media coverage. SpartanMag.com's Jim Comperoni with our colleague on MSU Recruiting Report in hour number three on Thursday morning, Jim. Hey, Jim, great to be on your show. Thank you. Were you shocked at the result of the Iowa game the other night or not shocked at all, but mildly surprised, perhaps? I was um, not surprised that Iowa's offense gave Michigan State trouble. Uh, I kept expecting Michigan State to come back and pull it out. And I mean, when it got to double digits, I, you know, the percentages of a comeback and a victory, of course, decreased. But no, I, I, I thought that. Um, um, when you play Iowa, they do such a good job of springing people open for shots, uh, you can get in trouble against them. In retrospect, 
I, I after the game, I went home and watched it again on television, and I saw a lot of what Izzo was talking about in terms of just as he described it, guys in quicksand, especially during that fifteen to one run. And if you watch closely away from the ball, guys just you know players just just a little bit of lethargy, just lethargic, just here and there. And what that boils down to, to me is something that you probably remember Judd Heathcote talking about. And Izzo's quoted Heathcote about this in the past. When you get into late February, Heathcote used to call that the dog days of the season. And he said, he used to say, look around the country, you'll see some inexplicable results in late February. Now, there have been some upsets in college basketball in general this year and last year. There's, there's more of that in college basketball these days than there were back then. But I think it was one of those dog days games. And I remember Heathcote talking about that and Izzo talking about that, but I don't remember many examples of it really um, happening to Michigan State. Now, Michigan State's lost some games over the years when, uh, you know, you know the schedule was not congruent in terms of the number of days they've been on the road and, and the opponent may have had a scheduling advantage in terms of days of preparation. That was not the case here. Both teams had the same amount of preparation. But late February, Judd Heathcote dog days, that was part of it. Izzo talked about, um, you know, he mentioned, you know, our, our team has been, they've been under pressure for two months when someone said, well, now you, you, you lost, now uh, um, there'll be pressure again. Worse to that effect, he said, they've been under pressure for two months. And Izzo said, maybe I underestimated the mental um, fatigue that might have been setting in. All of those things across the board, in my opinion, made Hogard fog out a couple times, Aiken fog out a couple times on defense, Tyson Walker doesn't have the same zip, Malik Hall had a pretty good game, not as usual, solid game, not not as good as he had been playing. All those things um, matched up with Iowa, who played well, but also Michigan State just did not guard their stuff well. Izzo talked about uh, you know, just some basic guard screens that, that required switches that just weren't happening. That's some of the mental fatigue. Iowa was good that day. Michigan State, in retrospect, the dog days hit them a little bit. I think Michigan State's going to bounce back, play real good basketball here uh, in in the near future. I think it's a one-off. I think I think they're going to be fine. Do you remember when Judd said that about the, the dog days yeah. in February? Yeah, it's that? amazing the things Judd said then that come to light today, even though it's almost 30 years uh, since he was here as the head coach. But there are some similarities Uh you know, Tom says around Christmas time. Uh, you know, Judd used to say around Christmas time, watch how these teams play coming back off the holiday and so on. I mean, there are a lot of things Judd used to say. Uh, I mean, I was Joey Ellis in our office thought he thought Iowa had a great shot to win going in, and I thought, well, you're the only one in America that's probably going to pick Iowa to win tonight, even though the line was only nine and a half. And yet, as you suggest, Iowa dominated that game pretty much. And even when it was a five-point game late, I still thought State was going to pull it out because they always do. They're playing at home. Right. I thought, Mm -hmm. but then Iowa made two great trips down the floor, scored twice, and put the game. Mm -hmm. Did you see the end of the Penn State-Illinois game last night? I did not. I was doing a video podcast. I know they won by one point. What happened? Well, there were 38. I turned it off. There's 38 seconds to go, and Illinois is up seven. <laughs> With 38 really? seconds to go, they're up seven. Game over. And uh, wow. I turned it back over, and Penn State won it in regulation 90 to 89. They hit a, what, Brock? They had two threes, and, a, and Illinois missed two free throws. And then there was a turnover. 
and all of a sudden the thing evaporated. And Ben, and ben Hicks, uh, or Hicks, I think his last name, hit three free throws when he got fouled by Hawkins with three seconds to go. Yeah, and then... Uh, hit all three free I throws. I mean, and they played that in the old rec hall, which I thought had much mm. more television atmosphere because it was packed and they had a whiteout for their, their fans. Because, you know, when you play in that Bryce Jordan Center, it looks like you're playing in the middle of the Astrodome. Uh, there's mm-hmm. uh, And now how many more times, if any, they play there or not, I'm not sure. But it just shows until you play this thing out. Refresh everybody's recollection. I have no idea how these rosters anywhere are going to change in the offseason. But the freshman Michigan State for sure assigned coming in next fall uh, that Tom's got. Oh, for, oh, for, for basketball? Yeah, next oh, season. They've got Kurtang. His first name is K-U-R, last name is Tang, T-E-N-G, national top 50 type of guy, six foot five guard from the East Coast, plays at an academy in New Hampshire from Massachusetts. Uh, he's won Jesse McCullough, about six foot nine out of Ohio. He's been putting up big numbers this season. You know, looking at his film after his, his uh, sophomore year, I thought he was just kind of okay, but he continues to progress well. I thought he might be a guy that would take a while to season, but... I don't know, maybe he'll be ready to help next year uh, from Ohio. He's doing pretty well. And Jace Richardson, the son of Jason Richardson, top 50 guy in the country. I think he's underrated. I think he's better than top 50. I think he's a top 25 type of guy. 6'3", plays shooting guard. He's playing this year down in Miami uh, at Christopher Columbus High School. He plays with a, with, with a team that has a point guard, uh, the Boozer brothers, Carlos Boozer, Boozer's kids. And they've got a six foot five point guard a year younger, so that point guard runs the show. But when he sits, Jace Richardson runs the show, and he's got some point guard ability. He's got some really good uh, um, guard and passing ability, good shooter, good athlete. He's not a Jason Richardson type of crazy athlete, but he's a good athlete. Uh, I like Jace Richardson a lot. Those three guys are committed to Michigan State, and Michigan State continues to recruit a six foot seven forward named Bryson Tucker. If he signs with Michigan State, he'll be the highest ranked out of all four. He plays at IMG Academy. He's originally from Baltimore, number 15 player in the country. He's looking at Michigan State, Kansas, and the G League. You know, G League has that Ignite team or whatever it's called. Um, he's, he's He's thinking about going straight to the professional ranks in the G League. And I, I suspect he's going to go to the G League. But, um, you know, um, Adam Silver, the commissioner of the NBA during NBA All-Star Weekend, mentioned he's going to reassess the future of the NBA um, Ignite G League team because he says with NIL in college, there may not be as much need for the the Ignite team, which I think is a bunch of bull. I think he's just saying that because nobody watches their team and then he'd rather get his players publicity in college so they come to the NBA with some name recognition. Uh, I, don't, I don't believe that guy on that. But anyway, does that mean the G League Ignite team might not uh, be around next year? I'm not really sure what, that, what all that means. Now, the G League is going to be around. The question is whether they'll have that one team in the G League that is made up of all basically high school players or players that just finished high school that don't want to go to college. So would that have an impact on Tucker's decision? I don't know. But it's Michigan State, Kansas, and G League for him. And uh, he's a he's, he's he's quite a talent. So those are the three, and they're still going after that that uh, last one, Bryson Tucker. Okay, so that could be four newcomers right there. 
would they still have room for someone else among 13 scholarships? Or you're, it's totally up in the air who may leave or who may come back for whatever reason. You can say that about any school. Yeah. Or do you not have a complete thought on that yet as to how it's going to play out the roster from the end of this season to the beginning of next? Yeah, I think one or two or three players that could come back next year might not come back. You know how the portal is these days. And I would not be surprised if Izzo goes into the portal for a player or two. I've not asked him or the staff about it, but you know, Izzo had some comments three weeks ago talking about the, the team and the roster and the way things are. And he says, you know, I will adjust and, and he, a few more words to that effect. He is not dead set on not going back to the portal to get players. He says he'll adjust. And he, what I, I took that to mean is he will adjust to the landscape of college basketball and Basically, there's a lot of teams out there that are fortifying their rosters with a, a player out of the portal here and there, as you know. And Izzo has seen that some of these teams, you know, just add water instantly. They've got their veteran older team. You know, he thought he was putting together this team the Jay Wright way, like he did at Villanova, where you get old and stay old, keep your players around, keep them around longer, have an old team. And by by usual traditional standards Michigan State is an old team this year and he's been stunned there there have been other teams with older players than him this year partly because the portal partly because teams have the extra some you know some players are using the extra COVID year so uh begrudgingly he's going to use the portal because that's that's how you strengthen a roster that there is some you run a risk there a little bit as to whether you're going to how much do you know about a player in terms of uh you know team chemistry and so forth they've been fortunate that some of the transfers they've had over the years Tyson Walker, Joey Hauser, you know, going back to Brandon Wood and some others have meshed well with the program but at some point uh, you do run the risk of having chemistry problems like you're seeing, I think, you know, Arkansas this year, the Miami Hurricanes this year. Um, there have been some other teams um, that uh, the transfers have not worked out all that well so I don't think he wants to do it um, but that's the way the landscape is, and he will adjust. So I would not be surprised if he adjusts this year and adds one from the portal. But I don't know that for a fact, but I, I'd be on the lookout for that. Well, I think one area where Tom gets a little bit of a bad rap is from the some critics who say, well, he won't go to the portal. He's out of touch. He doesn't go to the portal. No. From what I've heard Tom tell me is we're fine getting somebody out of the portal, but are we going to get somebody out of the portal that's going to help us? I mean, you can't just take anybody who's in there. You need somebody that's going to be a difference maker for Michigan State or any other team. If they're not, what's the point? Because you're just taking a player you recruited and shoving him out of the way. I think he's always got his eyes open for that, but if you go take a portal player, is that guy a really, a really a good catch? And it's son of a gun, we're going to be a lot better because this guy's that good a player. And I think there's a little bit of a misunderstanding there with some people as to Michigan State's portal stance in basketball. I think Izzo thought that he was going to get some development out of Sissoko this year, which would have changed a lot. And I don't think he anticipated Jeremy Fears, what happened with him, and did not anticipate Jackson Kohler being injured. If Kohler had not been injured and had all year to develop, and if fears were around, I don't think people would be griping about that. By the time this team gets to March, um, if Tyson Walker can regain health, I think people will um, stop griping about that until they lose to a highly ranked team in the tournament, which could be late in the tournament. But 
you know, people are going to say that, and, you know, that hindsight's twenty twenty, and I'd like for those people to say, okay, well, exactly which player would you have liked for them to add this year? I know that uh, Nebraska went out and added a good high post center and, and uh, Reek Ma- Rink Mast. He's a good one, but it's not like there's an endless supply of players out there who are going to be um, instant impact centers. There's First of all, there's not a lot of great centers in the country to begin with. There are some who have stayed in their program for quite a while, like the guy at Klingon at UConn and the one at Creighton. And, um, but uh, there's, there's, there's not a lot of great centers in the portal. You might remember two years ago when Julius Marble from Michigan State went into the portal, and he was not a great player at Michigan State. He was okay. He was a journeyman. He was a role player. He goes in the portal, and he was considered one of the top five centers in the country in the portal. That's what's in the portal. Now, there's a few that are that are underrated at the mid-major level, and you can find some players here and there. But they, um, you may remember Izzo was pretty emotional when Sissoko had a good game against Kentucky, not this year, but the year before, because he, he, he believed in Sissoko's ability to develop. That development is not taking place. So, um, you know, it's all about recruiting player development and evaluation. That part of it has been left a little bit thin now. Uh, Sissoko, you know, he lost his grandmother, as you know, a few weeks ago, and that hit him pretty hard. And now he's losing playing time, and I'm not sure where he is mentally. And last night, I thought Sissoko looked slower than I've seen him look. Like on defense, the defense is, is his strength, especially away from the rim and ball screen coverage, and just his change of direction and so forth. Uh, maybe they can get him to spruce back up and bounce back, but I'm not really sure where he is mentally right now. And that's. Uh, that's 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 one of the, the obstacles for this team right now. All right, we'll see how it plays out. Spartanbag.com at on3.com. We don't think there's anybody that has it down the way Jimmy's got it down. Football, men's basketball, and more at Michigan State. Jim, thanks for the time. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you again next Thursday. Sounds great, Jim. Thanks a lot. Jim Caparoni. There you go. That's our Culligan MSU recruiting report. We'll get caught up on a lot of other things, and you can join us on the Culligan Water Hotline at 342-63. This is the Thursday Sparrow Stout on Sports. Welcome back to the Harrison Roadhouse and the Nuthouse, two dining staples in Greater Lansing, both on Michigan Avenue. Go enjoy the Harrison Roadhouse for any Michigan State event coming up. You'll love the Harrison Roadhouse. Been around for years. Dewey Bramson's turned that place into a monster sensation, right? Just like he's done it with the Nuthouse downtown right across the ballpark in the Lansing Center. Beggar's Banquet is there for you as well. Great places for dining fun for everyone. The Roadhouse, the Nuthouse, and Beggar's Banquet for you seven days a week. The prestigious Abood Law Firm has offices in East Lansing and Birmingham and has been around since 1956. 332-5900, Abbott and Saginaw and East Lansing. Abood Law understands it's essential to get an attorney involved in your legal issues as early as possible. If you're dealing with legal problems, contact Andrew Abood and his great staff at Abood Law in East Lansing immediately and you'll get the help that you need and can depend on. Abood Law, we heartily endorse Andrew Abuda Bood Law 332-5900. Candy Ford in Charlotte, the home of the greatest deals on wheels. They've had that slogan for years and years, and it just keeps getting better every single day. John Dykstra says it's worth the drive, okay? Down I-69 from the Lansing area to Charlotte to see the deals they have for you. They'll get you the best deal you can possibly find on a Ford vehicle new or used. And if trucks are your thing, okay, Candy Ford is home of the greatest Ford trucks that there are available. You're always ahead 
whenever you choose Candy Ford, worth the drive to Charlotte for sure. Mindy McIntosh is the best we have ever seen for offering retirement advice, and now she has written material for you to study. Go online, retirereadymichigan.com, for your Retire Ready Toolkit, featuring her book, Cultivate Wealth, by Mindy McIntosh, CEO and founder of McIntosh & Associates. Again, the number for you is 989-455-7678 or online, retirereadymichigan.com from Mindy McIntosh, and she is the best. We love to endorse Duff Schroeder and his company, Schroeder Homes, on Dobie Road in Okemos. Everything they do at Schroeder Homes revolves around helping you make highly informed home buying choices so that you're totally satisfied. Google and check the reviews on Schroeder Homes with three communities in the Lansing area for you to build your dream home. Call for an appointment at 349-0560. The most dependable and reliable home builder in mid-Michigan, we believe, continues to be Schroeder Homes. You go see for yourself. In these uncertain times, two things are critical. Keeping costs down and your ability to communicate. The Antenna Men can install a new TV antenna and save you money by cutting the cord with cable and satellite. And Cell Signal Pros can install a cell booster to improve your in-home communications for increased cellular usage. Call the Antenna Men and Cell Signal Pros seven days a week. Watch TV for free with the Antenna Men. The Antenna Our friend Val Orlando has done so well with City Limits in Mason, right? Well, he also has an all-state insurance agency that you hear us talk about uh, all the time. He has a new location now with same great service. Stop in and say hello. The new all-state office next to the Secretary of State's office on Cedar Street and College Road, just off 127. Call for information on all-state insurance options at Val Orlando's agency at 969-5300. That's 969-5300. Valor Landers Allstate Insurance. You always have a great time at Scott Berman's One North Kitchen and Bar, 5001 West Saginaw, Lansing. It's in the old Reno's West location. Dine-in or curbside service, all the info at onenorthdining.com. Or call 901-5001 for any special event. Open 11 to 11 and then till midnight on Friday and Saturday. A casual and entertainment-based environment where your gathering will have a great time every time. That's One North on West Saginaw in West Lansing. Golfers getting itchy for the season. Remember, everything for the golfer more than anywhere else, leading edge golf, right? Jolly Road right across from Okemos High School. Plenty of parking in front. Open six days a week, 12 months a year. Play indoors when the weather's bad on their Trackman machines with the great courses. Everything for the golfer. At Leading Edge Golf, across from Okemos High School, 349-7274. And everything for those in real estate, okay? Buying, selling advice from the best in this area. And the best is the Munn team, believe us. John Munn's cell phone, 881-6623. Jan's cell phone to help you, real estate-wise in any way, 282-6781. From Mud Ice Arena to Little Caesars Arena, we've got the sports opinions that matter to you. From the Driven Collision Studios, we make friends by accident on the game, 7.30 a.m. On we go from the Driven Collision Studios. Time now for the Gillespie Group Daily Sparrow Stone on Sports High School Salute. The Gillespie Group is renowned for bringing positive change through creative real estate solutions, and many of their developments are recognized here and nationally, okay? Tomorrow night, 
In girls' high school basketball, Flint Carmen Ainsworth plays at Portland, where the Raiders have a 17-1 record. And uh, Carmen Ainsworth, I don't know how good you are, but I can give you on the scouting report, the sisters Malia and Lily Thalen have been dominant for Portland all season long. Brock knows how good the Thalen sisters are. Yeah, Malia is the higher scorer of the uh, two. She's the older of the two, I believe, and uh, she's had a terrific season uh, for Jason Hayes' Lady, Raider, uh, Lady Raiders. Only one loss this season. They avenged that when they beat Lansing Catholic uh, last week. So there they go. I think they what they have at least a share of the CWC. They've got a White. share. They've clinched a share of the of the uh, league championship. Uh, so congratulations to them. And they could end up playing Lansing Catholic a third time because they're in the same district at Portland High School. So the Thalens, Malia and Lily, they're the uh, sisters you got to watch on that Portland girls team. They're hosting Flint Carmen Ainsworth tomorrow night. The Gillespie Group focuses on experience-based living, say, in its outfield lofts in the stadium district. You can catch a lug nuts game from your balcony or from your couch. Live in the outfield. Call for a tour from the Gillespie's today for any property at 679-7364, 679-7364. On we go. Calling a Water Hotline is 342-63, and our email address is tim.stout at wylx.com. I have emails. You've got what, Ryan Bremen's, Ryan Brems in the Michigan State. He's in the Mexican Open, which begins today. The right? Mexico Open at Vedante, and, uh, and he tees off. But that's a time chain, time delay, because they're behind us, right? Yeah. Couple, well, yeah. He tees off at 1.48 p.m. Our time. Uh, I believe so. Yeah, I believe that's correct. Yes. Well, then he should be soon to be out there hitting balls because it's 1230 our yep. time. So he's got an hour and 18 minutes. Yep. And we'll wish Ryan Brem well. He, he needs, needs a good year. He needs a good year and he needs a good tournament this week. Yep. I have emails here. Uh, hi, Tim and Brock. Thanks for reading my text on the air. He was talking about the coaches in college basketball who come from the Lansing School District. Additionally, he says, I could have thrown in Jake Boss Jr. at Everett and Alan Haller, Michigan State's athletic director from Sexton, is yep. two more Lansing School District alums in prominent positions in college sports. Thanks again, ma'am. No, uh, no problem because it's, it's a good story all the way around. <clears throat> I have this one in. Uh, Tim, interesting high school basketball story in Saline, which is just south of Ann Arbor. Their best player, Jonathan Sanderson, scored 44 points the other night to lead Saline to its first conference championship in decades. Jonathan Sanderson is a sophomore, already one of the top players in our state. He also happens to be the son of Michigan strength and conditioning coach John Sanderson, the same John Sanderson who had an altercation with Jawan Howard earlier this season. So you could probably count hometown University of Michigan out of his recruiting. Uh, I don't know that. I do know I've heard the name, though, and as a 10th grader, he is one of the best. Michigan State's outgoing interim president, Teresa Woodruff, regularly puts out an update on her view of things going on at the university, and she has an endless letter that is out to the community today. And I didn't read all of it because I don't have that much time, and it's endless, but... I'm wondering, does she, uh, does she describe what her next duty or what her next move is professionally since uh, she steps down here, what, at the end of next week or so, because the new Michigan State president takes over on March 4th. She says, at the end of her letter today, Teresa Woodruff, the acting president of Michigan State, I will shortly assume the role of special advisor to the offices of the MSU president and provost before returning to my research pursuits as a proud faculty member, forever grateful for the support and encouragement so many 
and for being part of this amazing university family. So it sounds, Brock, like she is staying at Michigan State. She will teach and work on research for whatever that is because a lot of people wondered what Teresa Woodruff right. would do. And she also had a lot of support that people we heard from to become the next president of Michigan State, but that was not to be. Uh, I have this email in, Tim. Did you see Nick Saban's quote and the follow-up from Lane Kiffin? Now, Nick Saban was in the news yesterday because he's good. they're going to be using him, they meaning the world of college football, in an advisory role trying to, quote-unquote, fix the sport. However, people think the sport needs to be fixed. Saban said, quote, I think the consequences of this name, image, and likeness could come down the road when some of these guys get to be 28 or 29 years old. And maybe they didn't prepare themselves for when they can play football anymore, which is what you do when you go to college. These kids are getting life-changing money for some of them because of their family financial situation, but it's not life-sustaining money, and now many of them won't be prepared for life after sports. Lane Kiffin, the coach at Ole Miss, followed up by saying, here it is, straight from the greatest of all time, what we have now is not college football, not college football as we know it. You hear somebody use the word student-athlete, that doesn't exist. Well, I agree with all of that. Fixing We've it. We've talked about that. They're, they're, I, I call them the players or the athletes. I, I claim a bigger problem between the two maladies, between name, image, and likeness and the transfer portal. I claim a bigger issue is the transfer portal. I think so. Coach, Coach Izzo said that. He, said, I, he told a listener last week on his coach's show, because I heard him say it, he said, I have less of a problem with NIL than I do the transfer portal. I think he name, image, and, I think name, image and likeness money somehow is going to get settled in one way. But where I think there's a... He, you, to me, somehow, you just can't have want, wanton free agency for anybody. I mean, the, the pros don't have that. And that's yeah, basically the colleges. I mean, if, if you you know if, if somebody crosses you the wrong way, you're gone or whatever. I I think so. To me, the original NCAA rule, had it been enacted fairly, we've been over this, would have worked the best and would still work the best today. That you can transfer one time, but you must sit out a school year, and that used to be the rule. And that rule was enacted for years and years and years and years. And then we had appeals by some athletes that, you know, my grandpa doesn't, you know, he's in hospice and he wants to see me play, but he can't, you know, so I need to go move closer or whatever the, whatever it was. And then the NCAA started granting exceptions to that sit out one year transfer rule. Right. If, with that rule back in place, it would not eliminate your opportunity to transfer, but you wouldn't just go, you know, island hopping school to school on a whim, which what some of these guys do. Which is happening somewhat, yeah. I, I think the name, image, and likeness thing is going to somehow flatten out in a couple of ways. Budgets are still going up to spend that money elsewhere. I think donors are, generally speaking, are much more wary of where their money is going to go if they donate in the first place and want that determined. And I don't think everybody's just going to have wide open, endless money to just start, you know, shoving to athletes when you recruit them. If you believe there was cheating in college recruiting for big stars previously through the years, then why wouldn't that be the same moving forward? We're just going to throw some more money in it with some who gets name, image, and likeness money over than what it was. <clears throat> but I think the transfer, I agree with Tom totally. I think the portal's the problem. And I think the portal will far drive coaches out of college coaching way before name, image, and likeness does. Not that that isn't an issue, and not that that's going to have, I'll have to ask Gianni on Monday what he thinks of that. But I think the way the portal has 
developed, uh, you you have to re-recruit your own players. And I think a lot of coaches in every single sport find that it's hard enough to recruit, you know, high school athletes. But having to re-recruit players you've already signed because they're not happy with you in one way or the other, I think that's a bigger issue. What do you have? Looks like you have something. Oh, you don't have no, anything. No, no, no. I you had, that had a call, caller, a person called, and I say, Stout on Sports, and nobody was there. Really? Well, that's probably one of our better callers, to uh, be perfectly honest with you, in a variety of ways, and they can't argue with you. Lyle says, uh, guys, you know it'll be a shootout in Bloomington, over, under for Caitlin Clark they against Indiana tonight. I'll say 28 and a half. Okay. I'll say 28 and a half. All right. Uh, Iowa's I'll take the over. Uh, Iowa's women play at Indiana tonight. Uh they played earlier in Iowa City, and Iowa won the thing by 25-7, whatever it was, but it was close for a while, and then they pulled away. Indiana's coming off a 20-point loss at Illinois, but they'll be rocking and rolling in the assembly hall tonight for Caitlin and the Hawks. In Lansing, Tom's on the Culligan Water Hotline on this Thursday, Sparrow Stone on Sports. Morning, Tom. Hey, good morning, gentlemen. I was kind of laughing when you were talking about Bobby Knight and that certain word he uses um, often. George Carlin, the comedian, had a comedy show, and he used that word in, in so many different situations that, uh, for example, if uh, you drop something and it breaks, boom, there it is. You know, uh, So you, people can Google George Carlin. You can get a whole variety of situations. It is a versatile word, obviously, that um, it applies to. There you um, go. Thanks, Tom. Uh, the late George Carlin. The late, great George Carlin. The late, great George Carlin. Yeah. Um, if you're from this generation, then then those kinds of things are what you remember. That we guy have, was smart as a tack, too. We have He's high school really basketball smart. coming up tomorrow night, okay, as the boys bring down the curtain on the regular season. Where did yep. it go? It's different this year because it's over a week earlier than it normally boys, yeah. would have been because this is one year where the girls' state tournament finals are one week after the boys. I don't know how that's going to affect the girls' tournament. I always thought the girls' tournament got some early publicity playing a week ahead of the boys' regular season. But because the MHSA is trying to preserve the Breslin Center and make sure it's available right. for the girls' finals, right. uh, they flip-flop the dates. Um, whether that becomes an issue or not, I'm not sure. I, I think Michigan State, they, the women won last night. They're 19-7. and seven. Um, and they come home to play, what, Illinois. And Illinois, but but the game's in the Breslin Center. And then they go That's back. That's what, Sunday? Or, no, tomorrow, it's a Saturday. Saturday. Uh, yeah. uh, they play Saturday afternoon. They, I mean, I, how good is Illinois? They beat Indiana by 20, but they beat them in Champaign by that. But I guess, you know, it, it's a lot better Illinois team than what we've seen in years past on the women's side. Agreed. But it appears to me that Michigan State's women clearly will make the NCAA tournament. How they do in the Big Ten tournament is another matter because I don't see anybody in that tournament beating Ohio State, including Iowa. And you've said that. I, I just think that. Ohio State's far and away the best team. They're, well, they're like, ranked number two in a country. And, and like you say, they're less goofy than they have been in previous they, years. They usually, and I've seen them with, with talented teams in years before, but they were so undisciplined and so goofy and so undisciplined that I thought they can just give games away. They look to be much better 
and they buried Michigan State when they played here in the Breslin Center. They didn't bury them when they played in Columbus, but they did here. So Ohio State's beat them twice, whether they would meet for a third time. And is the women's Big Ten tournament, that is in Minneapolis, right? That is not in Indianapolis. Because the men's, I'll look it up. The men's Big Ten tournament is in Minneapolis. It is. So whereas a lot of fans used to say, well, I can drive to Indianapolis because it's the middle of a lot of schools, whether anybody's going to go ahead and go to Minneapolis for that or not. Uh, that remains to be seen. We have one final timeout. Let's take that right now and then come back. What say you on the Culligan Water Hotline at 342.63? It's the Thursday Sparrow Stout on Sports. Here's what's on tap today here on the game, 7.30 a.m. WVFN. Coming up after we're done here at 1 o'clock, it is Mike Greenberg, ESPN Radio. Then at 3, it is The Huge Show with Bill Simonson. At 6.35 here on WVFN, it is Pistons Basketball. They're at the Indiana Pacers tonight. Uh, 6.35 with Mark Champion and Rick Mahorn. Over on 1240 WJIM, 6.45 tonight, the Red Wings. Back in action after their West Coast road trip. They host their, our, one of their arch rivals, the Colorado Avalanche. That's 645-1240 WJIM. Ken Cal back behind the mic uh, uh, tonight with Paul Woods. That's what's on tap. The game, 730 AM WVFN. If you can't imagine a morning without pain, the highly skilled specialists at Sparrow Orthopedics and Sports Medicine are here for you. Sparrow is the largest orthopedics and sports medicine program in mid-Michigan, offering a range of services, including trauma, rehabilitation, surgery, and joint replacement. And the Sparrow team is nationally recognized and certified as a Blue Distinction Center of Excellence. Their physicians have great experience treating athletes of all types from high school to the pros. You can learn more about the leading edge medicine. Go to sparrow.org backslash orthopedics. The Emerald, one of the great public golf courses in all of Michigan, just north of St. John's. You make your plans for 2024 now. You want your outing at the Emerald for 2024. Choose the Emerald for your next special golf event and let their staff show you what a golf outing is about at 224. 6287. And the Emerald is a great place to host your social events from intimate gatherings to parties and receptions. Jay and Katie Eccleton will take good care of whatever you want any time of the year at the Emerald. This hour is sponsored by Capital Region International Airport. As we like to say, whenever you can do it, fly Lansing first with non-stops to Florida, Detroit, Chicago, Washington, D.C., and elsewhere. And check out Google Apple Vacations for the non-stop trips to the warm Caribbean non-stop from Lansing. Much less expensive parking in a neat, clean, safe environment. Get through security much quicker and more efficiently. Lansing is proud of its airport. See for yourself. And during the cold weather, Apple Vacations. Google it nonstop to the Caribbean. Over to Tracy for breaking news. We have super good news, Dave. The super sale is back at Meyer Friday and Saturday only. Save $6 per pound on certified Angus beef top sirloin steak. Save $6.50 on a three-pound bag of Honeycrisp apples. And get a one-pound bag of mandarin oranges for 99 cents. Get Meyer super sale deals in-store or online while supplies last. Now that is super. Shop this Friday and Saturday only during the Meyer super sale. Exclusions apply. See all the deals in the Meyer app. 
Michigan Plumbing, a leading provider of plumbing, drain cleaning, and water heater services to homeowners in the mid-Michigan area. And you can get an expert in your home free for an evaluation. Call 322-2994. 24-7 emergency plumbing and drain services for the entire mid-Michigan area. All home plumbing emergencies, all makes and models of equipment. What a great company it is. Michigan Plumbing. And they're right when they say we exceed your expectations. See for yourself. Michigan plumbing today. If you're thinking about home renovation or adding or changing a deck at your home, you want Custom Built in Okemos. For more than 15 years, Custom Built Design and Remodeling has been the leading full-service design-build remodeling company in mid-Michigan, and owner Michael Flory has built it from the ground up over the years. If you're curious about what the difference between a general contractor and a design-build company is, you got to Google Custom Built in Okemos to see all they can do for you. We swear by Custom and build in Okemos, a great renovation company. Tom's Food Centers are available for you in Okemos and Portland. Convenience, in and out service. All right, no long lines. They got everything for you. You're in and out right away. Try them if you haven't done so far. Tom's Food Centers in Okemos and Portland. And don't forget, ASAP Printing is the official printer. The Sparrow Stout on Sports, right there for you in the Jolly Okemos Strip Mall. Plenty of parking in front. 349-7300. Poster signs, that's their specialty, but they'll do any job for you. ASAP Printing in Okemos. Warning, listening to the game 7.30 a.m. may cause excessive cheering. Yeah! We're the game, 7.30 a.m. On we go from the Driven Collision Studios back to the Culligan Water Hotline in Holt. Ray's up next on the Sparrow Stone on Sports Morning, Ray. Good morning, Tim. So I was at the game Tuesday night, and as far as the game goes, I thought the we played horrendous. We missed a ton of layups, missed seven free throws out of 14. And usually if you got teams that are competitive and we supposedly were the better team, you're going to hit free throws and layups. That makes a difference. I also wondered when I saw the loss if uh, you were getting worried about your bet that you made. Oh, yeah. you making that the only game they were going to lose was one. Yeah. No, I I've, wondered if Brock was. I offered Brock ball. 90 cents on the dollar. Thanks, Ray. I offered him 90 yeah. cents on the dollar to call up the bet because the bet Ray's referring to is last week. I said, I'll bet State doesn't lose more and than I could one use, game. And I could use the quarters for laundry, but you know what? The satisfaction of winning the bet, which will, which I believe will happen after they lose to Purdue because I think they're going to lose to Purdue on the road. But if they beat Purdue, then I'm right back in play. Then you could offer me... No, I ain't offering you anything. You could offer me 25 cents on a dollar, and I'll take it on principle to show that I'm not greedy because you and Fred are greedy. Because I'll make dollar yeah, bets with these buck. guys. It's not like it's 20 or 50 or anything like that. I think it's on principle. So after, yep. to raise point, I mean, I thought, well, if they down lost to Iowa, there's one loss. And so now the only way I can win my dollar is they have to win out. Well, everybody thinks they're going to lose at Purdue a week from Saturday night. And both of them will have had six days of rest going that into wild? that game. Both of them will have had six days of rest now, going see, into that game. Tim, that supports your point that Mitch, that the Big Ten could play certainly more than 20 league games. 
you know, especially with 18 teams coming in, you've, th- you've said they could play more well, conference what, games. Well, what I think, uh, what I'm Both hearing, men and women, by a the lot way. of people are saying one thing you've got to take is you got to, somebody's got to play four games in 10 days at this point in the season. They're saying you've got to put more conference games back before Christmas, whether that happens or not, whether they increase the schedule or not. The, the revised Big Ten basketball format with the four pack schools coming in mm-hmm. uh, has been determined. The tournament will not be 18. It'll be 15 teams yep. instead of 18. So the three dregs, they'll be out. But they're still going to play 20 league games. Yeah, they're not going to increase it as of right now. Increase that. Uh, to me, uh, uh, that's all you would, uh, almost all you would do so that you've got every game has, has relevance to it. But it doesn't seem that colleges are near that yet. Certainly in football, uh, that could be the case with these expanded sizes of these conferences. So you don't have to play Prairie View A and M and try to force it down the publics or the ticket buying public. Like that's a big deal. I mean, to me, it's just almost robbery in putting those games on a schedule, even if you're forced into a corner. I mean, the way to solve that is just play more Big Ten games, and then you don't have any pro- you don't have any problems like that whatsoever. Then every game's a good game, but. But that isn't close to the way it is. So what we do is we have more zillion mismatches in games that have absolutely no competitive relevance or yep. balance. We, you, you complain about it? I uh, complain uh, about it for year. only about 100 years. But uh, but it doesn't seem to change very much all the way across the board. So, so that's that. We have both the Pistons and Red Wings on our airwaves tonight because they're both playing. They both have been off. Uh, the Pistons have been off for, what, more than a week. Haven't they? Uh, basically a week. Yeah, uh, eight days, yeah. They yeah. are in Indiana tonight to play the Pacers. The Red Wings are home to play. That's what, the Pistons are tonight here in WVFN? Mark Champion, Rick Mahorn, yep. And, and the Red Wings are on WJIM AM 1240. They're home to play the Colorado Avalanche. So we have Red a Wings, Red Wings in the second wild card spot in the uh, Eastern Conference. That's basically the number eight seed. And uh, they're four or six points clear of anybody else right now for the last spot. But they need to keep winning. Need to keep winning. And they got a tough one tonight. Colorado's good. And tomorrow night here on WVFN, we're carrying the boys' regular season finale, Okemos at East Lansing. And they could beat each other next week, but that would be in the district final at Mason if they played each other again, That's right? correct. Okay, because the districts begin next week. But anyway, tomorrow night, 7 o'clock right here, Okemos at East Lansing, the return game they played earlier uh, in Okemos. It was close. Uh, for uh, for most of the game, and then East Lansing pulled away in the fourth quarter and ended up winning by double figures. But it, they won by 14, I believe, and it was mu- the game was much closer than that. Then tomorrow night we have Michigan State hockey. The Spartans have had a, they've had about 900 bye weeks, but after being off uh, their final home regular season series, not the home games, okay, because they're going to have home uh, at least one. That's guaranteed. They're going to have at least one yep. home game in the Big Ten tournament coming up in March. Uh, and their magic number is eight points. Any combination of Wisconsin losing points by not winning, although Wisconsin is at Penn State this weekend, or Michigan State picking up six. It's the most they can get out of two wins over Ohio State if they get them in Monterey. And I think that's what, a 7 o'clock, a, a 6 o'clock Saturday. 7 uh, o'clock tomorrow, 6 o'clock seven Saturday, 7 o'clock on Friday yeah. and 6 o'clock on Saturday. And then the Spartans close the following week for two games at Wisconsin. But Wisconsin's coming off a disastrous series at Ohio State, who had one Big Ten win the entire season and then got two last weekend at home against Wisconsin. Whether there's carryover for that for Ohio State and Monterino, who knows. But State's coming off a bye week. 
um, and already has, and what, they're fourth in the national polls this week, and I think they're, what, fifth in the pairwise? Is that what it is? That'll move up if they get Who, two state? more. Yeah. I think they're third. Is that what it is? I'll look it up. On the pairwise, they're fourth in the polls. So, uh, obviously, this is a year where the NCAA tournament... Tied dro- for third. Yep. The, the NCAA tournament drought is going to end. Yeah, yeah they're locked in. And uh, the 16 teams in the NCAA hockey tournament might include Western Michigan and Michigan, might, but by no means are either of those a lock. Western Michigan is 10th. They're in better shape than Michigan. Michigan is 16th. They've got to win some games here uh, to get up there. Minnesota probably is going to make it. They're ninth in the pairwise. Wisconsin's in. They are 6th, despite the bad weekend last week. And I believe, am I correct, the Big Ten tournament champion automatically is the NCAA qualifier? From the Big Ten in hockey. Oh, the regular season winner? No, the tournament winner. Oh, the tournament winner, yes, gets an automatic gets bid. Gets the automatic bid. So whether that's Michigan, I mean, for that matter, if it's Ohio State, that's going to knock everybody back a peg, although I don't see that happening. No, I don't either. But but that's what we have. Then we have Friday Night Frenzy coming up tomorrow night at 11.15 on Channel 10. Fred's back in a harness. Oh, he was feisty yesterday. He was mad because we didn't have any. The Major League Baseball Network was not on TV on the wall. Oh, boy. I said, we've had the tube off for the nine days you've been gone, and we've been getting a lot of work done. That didn't go over well. And we have Tiger Baseball for our first exhibition games coming up Saturday and Sunday. Uh, we'll have the Sunday. Can't have the game Saturday because we got Red Wings hockey and we got other stuff happening. Michigan State's plan. Uh, but uh, we will have Tiger Spring Training Baseball coming up on Sunday. And for a good portion of the next few couple of weeks until the regular season starts, you'll hear Tiger Spring Training Baseball as soon as we get off the air here on WVFN starting on Monday. And then, of course, the majority, 150 games or more uh, for the Detroit Tigers will be on 1240 WJIM. Um, Lansing's and you know what's right around the corner on March 8th is our 31st anniversary observance of this program. On March 8th. If we get that far. If we get that far. We're always day-to-day around here. Yep. If we get to March 8th, which is a Friday... Uh, I may try to I, I may try to figure something out for that day that I haven't figured out previously. Uh, it gets tougher to figure new things out. But, I know. Uh, however, uh, we are every day we go, it, it, and, and I don't want to dean curse this show. No, you don't. Okay, because it's the record for the longest in the history of the state so far. So that changes every day, thanks to our sponsors and our listeners. But at any rate, if we get to March eighth, that would be our thirty-first anniversary. Uh, moving into year number 32, uh, the following Monday, which would be March 11th. Um, and, of course, that clearly is March Madness. We have four more Sunday Stout on Sports shows on Channel 10, which begin the sports day at 11 o'clock to 11.30. We have four more. The last one's on Sunday, March 17th. Uh, Friday night, Frenzy tomorrow night. I'll see you at 6.20 tonight. Fred's got the late sports tonight. We got the Red Wings, the Pistons. Uh, there's always high school something or another going on. And we got more with Michigan State Women's Gymnastics. They're up to, their ranking is number eight. What is it? Number eight in the nation this week. The gymnastics team, they're home Saturday. No, they're, two, they're at Penn State this Friday. And they might be able to clinch a second straight Big Ten title. That's pretty strong. And men's tennis is 10-0 right now, Brock. It's a well-kept secret. But men's tennis has a 10-0 record and is also ranked. So some of these teams may not be winning the way you think they should or would. Football, men's basketball, but there are others that are. For Brock, I'm Timmy. You've been listening to the Sparrow Stout on Sports on Lansing Sports Station, the game, 730 a.m., the home of the local notable sports programming in the area. ESPN Radio Sports Programming picks it up from here. Brock and I will be back tomorrow. You join us at 10.05 for the Friday Sparrow Stout on Sports. So long.
I'm Will Teeman, and welcome to the Michigan Sports Brief for Thursday, February the 22nd, brought to you by Frank and Muth Insurance. Start a frank conversation about your insurance with one of our local independent agents by visiting fmins.com. MSU head men's basketball coach Tom Izzo is still looking to his team for consistency. Back with more on that in just a moment. Just like your favorite sports team, you need a solid defense to protect your home and business. Whether you're tackling unexpected accidents, fouls, or fumbles, the Lake Michigan Insurance Agency and Michigan-based Frankenmuth Insurance are on your team. Visit the Lake Michigan Insurance Agency today at lmcu.org insurance.com. That's lmcu.org insurance. This week, Coach Tom Izzo said his newspaper headline is consistency. Do I feel it's getting better? I do. I feel we finish games better. I, there's some things that are happening, but can we consistently do it both halves? Can we consistently get three or four of our top players playing that consistent? Um, it is a funny word. It's a word that you wouldn't think you'd use as often as I've used it, but we're all trying to figure out how to push buttons to get guys to prepare right and then to execute right and then to finish right. So the consistency sometimes goes from practice to the starts of games to the middle of games until the end of games. And I don't think where I want to be yet. I don't think we're where we need to be yet. But I do think we are making some progress. And, uh, and I think as I hear my players talk about it, you know, like we talked in one of the huddles and about, okay, somebody on the court's got to take over now. And I, I saw a little more of that, so that has been encouraging. Coach Izzo also gave a status report on the rehab of freshman guard Jeremy Fears. You know, Jeremy's had unbelievable progress. I mean, he's shooting now and doing things that I never thought he'd do. I, in fact, I just talked to his mom and dad. They were at the game the other night, and I said, man, I'm... I mean, there's some guys that are quick healers and some guys that aren't quick healers. He is a tremendously quick healer. I mean, he was walking, and now he's he's jogging, I think, underwater. And, you know, does that mean he's going to play this year? No. But does that mean that uh, he's really getting better and will have a spring and summer to get well on and get improve his skills? Yes. Jeremy's a unique kid, man. He's, he's still in those huddles. He's in those timeouts. He's at the halftimes. He's always got something to say that's that's right on, and uh, I appreciate that about him. And we've been brought to you by Frankenmuth Insurance.